Bastards of Young. Episode 56 coming at you from uh, Taylor Park here at the Old Oak Table in Oak Hill, Florida. It's Taylor Trash Fly Fishing, and we're all fat and sassy. Had a good dinner. Very good dinner. And uh, we're ready to bring it to you. How's everybody doing? A little post-derby week? Uh, Worn out. A little worn out. Yeah. A little tired. Yeah. It was a big day. It was a big day. Um, I actually was pretty worn out. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, before I really got my wheels back under me. And then it started in on that, you know, double, triple hurricane, same yeah. hurricane twice Hold type thing or whatever we did. Have you actually looked at the track of that thing? No, like like where it where Yeah, it went where it started, and like where it went, and like it's like a somebody went to a, a meteorologist, mm-hmm. went to, um, you know, like, preschool like a like a, a, a <laughs> go, go to go to a class you know like what, what is it like a teach-in or whatever and they're like hey let's have johnny come up and uh mm-hmm. johnny we're gonna have you show us how we track hurricanes and they hand him a crayon and that's that, that was a magic crayon it, yeah i mean that thing went made landfall came out made landfall yeah. went back out did like two circles yeah. came up made landfall went back out i mean it's Insanity. So that was kind of like this week. It was like, oh no, what? is it coming? Not oh, this. Oh. Yeah. Oh wait, it's coming. It's like, a, oh, <laughs> like a nice general anxiety. Well, you know, there's another one right now. Oh no, yeah, yeah. They're saying yeah. it's supposed to take the same path as the one, not the one that just. Well, actually, yeah, the one that we just had. If it yeah. takes the <laughs> same <laughs> exact, well, path. it's starting. Path. It's, I know right. it's a setup. Yeah, but if it, I'll someone predicts it takes the same path <laughs> that it does. That dude is the new weatherman just of all of it. Yeah, yeah. And we're into what the Greek alphabet. So this one, the this one that's currently going is iota. Iota. <laughs> Where I grew up, if something it's really an did, idea, right? Well, if if. You know, you, you really didn't one. care. Yeah, I don't, I don't give an right. iota. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how I feel about all of 2020, mm-hmm. especially oh, yeah. the weather at this point. I just Hurricanes, don't give an iota. COVID, mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't claim them. So no. um, one of the things that I wanted to bring up just straight out of the fucking gate is um, a dying tradition, um, You know, especially with 2020. You know, the the funny thing that people like to say, funny, not funny, but like kind of peculiar funny, is what's the new normal? Mm-hmm. Fuck the new normal. I want to go back to the way things were. Right. And one of the fondest memories that I have um, as a kid growing up is being on road trips with the family. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked a couple episodes ago about like, Field trips as a as a kid, yeah. you know, busload of fucking little hooligans. <laughs> if you were lucky enough, or you know, the cool kids sat the in the cool back ones. of the bus. That mm-hmm. that's just the way it rolled. So when you were in the back of the bus, or God forbid, you were in the back of the station wagon, <laughs> you know, you, you you're not wearing um, any kind of safety gear no. back there. This right. is back in the eighties and seventies. You know, you were just back there rolling, just kind of bouncing. <laughs> yeah, around just bouncing there. around. Yeah. You had the front row seat to all of the fucking 18-wheelers, the, the semi-trucks that were coming yeah. up and going around you. And it was like, it was part of being a kid and, you know, like being on a road trip 
it's the arm pull, right? Yeah. And and the re, the whole thing behind that is this rig's coming up behind you, and you're telling the trucker, let's hear that air horn, man. Well, Come on. Well, mm-hmm. see, with that, I don't think the trucks are coming up from behind you anymore. Everybody is always going somewhere so fast. Oh, yeah. The average speed is like 93 miles an hour. Right. So well, maybe that's part of it, yeah. but, I mean, I want to say it was an article, you know, somewhere I saw in the last week mm-hmm. um, that truckers are saying it doesn't really happen anymore. Kids are not doing the arm pull, like saying, hey, blow the horn. So if you guys that listen to our shitty-ass little podcast would help us, yeah, teach your kids right. to get the truckers to blow the damn air horn. Yeah. That's something. I, I yeah. mean, so I it think needs to come back. You've yeah. got to think, too, it's, a, it's generational in the fact that when they reached up uh-huh. and pulled that cord, it was to feed air onto it, air horns that were on the roof. Right, absolutely. I don't right. know if they still have that. Oh, they have to. The str- like a string hanging down. You know, they probably just have like a button on the <laughs> like <laughs> on the steering wheel, like a regular car or something. Oh, I don't, no. You know what I mean? No, we gotta look There's around. still a no, lot of Peter no, Bates around. No, because yeah. like, you know, they still, like all their all the trailer brakes and all that stuff are yeah. all air-driven. Yeah. I, yeah. There's no way they engineered. It was like a valve. Dude, well, if they, they engineered yeah. out the actual the air string, horns, right. like the chain well, or you know, string our, or whatever. Our trip up north, I taught the little one about tooting the horn. Mm-hmm. Of course, I couldn't see if they were pulling or pressing. Yeah, yeah. But they, they did it. It took some time to uh, convince her and tell her why you were doing it. Now, um, when, when it happened for the first time and, and she oh, got she the reward so for stoked. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. Smile from ear to ear, and then what it all comes down to, we grew up, your only entertainment was looking out the window. Right. That's Or like you a had a t- book. Yeah. Now there's TVs. DVD player in the back of the headrest. Yeah. Phone in the hand, iPad. Mm-hmm. So they're not looking. I'm and just, I, think, I don't like... I never had any of that, really. I no. Mean, even until now, I yeah. don't have, like, any kind of, like, minivans or anything to, that would have some, well, like, you know Who the mean? fuck are you kidding, Carl? <laughs> You're never a passenger these days. <laughs> That's right. Carl's yeah. never the passenger, right. so he's busy driving. Right. I still That watch. being said, I've seen your setup. Don't play dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> try to get try to get Carl to toot his horn, <laughs> flick a cigarette, yeah, 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 yeah. sit yeah, there yeah. one day. He's like, we're just driving to making a Duncan run mm-hmm. at work. He's like, yeah, so this is how I do it. He's like, this little spot right here, I just set my phone right here on the steering column. <laughs> He's like, I can put on YouTube whatever I want. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I so. took show notes. I was like, damn, good idea. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's a it's a dying art. Yeah, like what do kids? The other one is like, what do kids do? Like a motion to for rolling up the window. They don't know. Oh, they, they're just gonna like point down. Yeah, but, yeah like you know, because like, like, you're right. Yeah, 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 like you'd be like, yeah, you yeah, know, that sucker down. Roll it down, man. Yeah. Roll it down. Even like the cheap stuff comes with power windows now these days. It does. Damn. You know what's funny is they make fun of people for having man. It's like. So this I thing was like, I got in this guy's car on a date, and he had freaking manual windows. I'm mm-hmm. Like, oh my god, yeah. red flag! I was like, get a life, <laughs> yep. girl. You're lucky we have windows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, we got to bring it back. 
That there's still a lot of trucks on the road. Oh, lots. Yeah, yeah. I must get run over by one every it's day. It's a pastime, mm-hmm. especially for those older guys. They're just oh, yeah. barely hanging on, all grizzled. Really, really You know what's insane is like if you talk to a trucker that's been doing it for you know any length of time, they're, they're going to be like, yeah, I've logged a million miles. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah. a fucking million miles? Yeah. That's well, insane. Well, even on this on this road trip, I had to explain to the little one. You know, we made a stop at Love's. Uh huh. And over the loudspeaker, shower twenty nine. You know, is ready. She's like, shower. Why? Why would somebody take a shower here? I'm like, well, baby, these guys are driving. They don't have a house. There's no shower. And why are they even driving? Yeah. Well, yeah. No how, concept. How do you want your stuff at the grocery store? And then this big old beast of a truck driver was like, yeah, no shower. Kind of, you know. What was that? <laughs> what was that? Mm, potato. Sleep blade. Sleep blade. Fried taters. All right, come on. I'll explain this to you in the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, you know, no concept of what a truck stop is and why we have them. It's just, I don't know. You also have to figure. Did you out. did you uh, train the little one on the incredible beef jerky that she can get at a oh, Loves? We, oh, we truck always, stop. We, we mm-hmm. always get the pounder. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Double. It's going up in price. It's like forty forty seven dollars now or something for the big can. But you can survive for like a month, <laughs> right? Not me. <laughs> of course, like I got a half a day top. A day. Yeah. You could survive between now, breakfast and lunch. He puts beef jerky lippers in, and he's just like, yeah. oh, this when, stale. When you're at the truck stop, you know, a typical, typical stop on the road. You're pulling in. You're getting fuel. And yeah. when you go in, you're getting snacks of yeah. some kind, you know, whether it's a roller dog or a bag of chips, you're going to yeah. get a drink. But if you, if you go to a Wawa or a 7-Eleven, you know, it's pretty in, grab your stuff and get mm-hmm. out. But if you make a stop on the interstate and you go to a, say, a Loves. Oh, there's so much cool stuff. Dude, that's that's my question. <laughs> like headsets, Dude, I, sometimes, because oh, I do, yeah. I'm like, I'm the, I'm the guy that's like staring on you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Check so that think... Bluetooth, this, that, the other bundle package of, and then especially at Loves, you're standing there taking a leak. And they've got the sale, the sale, the sale flyer right in front of you. And you're like, I know it's weird. I've been here 15 minutes, but I'm not done with the sale flyer. <laughs> so I believe there's one coming to the Jacksonville area, a Bucky's. No, it's yeah. on LPGA. And yeah, there's one coming to yeah, LPGA. LPGA in 95. So there's that one, and the other one we ran into was like a Sobe or so. Essentially, these two things are like a Walmart truck stop. Right. There's. They're ginormous. Yeah. yeah. There's a beef jerky counter, like it would be a deli. All kinds of tchotchke and knickknacks. And I just, think we might have touched on it before. I dude, you like can find some really good hats and t-shirts oh, at the yeah. truck stop, uh-huh. too. Uh-huh. It's like uh-huh. three for ten bucks. Like no yep. fat chicks in bikinis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or or the, that's the postcard rack. Right. You ever go to yeah. the postcard rack? It's <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> nudie like lighters. <laughs> oh, where you tip it? And yeah. Get yeah, 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 yep. yeah. <laughs> it's all really classy stuff. It is. Well, Christmas is around the corner, guys. So. 
you need those last minute essentials for your. Well, bike, there was you know. this guy at work when I worked at Adacel who showed me this. He came up so damn excited to show me this. It was, forgive me, mom. The uh, Lando Lakes butter package. There was a way you could. Oh yeah, you cut out the knees, and the knees would flip up, <laughs> up and be tits. Yeah, and he came up so excited to show me this, and I like it. Took me a second to process this, and I was like, oh. He's like, damn it, Ben. I just thought this was going to be like, you'd be like, oh, that's sick. I was like, I didn't really understand what you were doing. <laughs> okay, so you t- you talking about the Land of the Lakes butter uh, squaw. Butter babe. Um, <laughs> it, it may, I don't know. It just fucking instantly popped in my head. Uh, as a kid, there was like little stupid like rhymes that you would do. And it was... Oh, something, something, dirty knees. Oh. And then you pull oh, your yeah. shirt up and say, look at these, right. and you're like flashing your tits. What was the beginning oh, of it? I don't know. Pre- oh, before man. Before my time. And it... Oh, damn. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, I know. It. It was I something, think it's a little <laughs> off color. Oh, wait, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah. It's like something Chinese, 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 Chinese Japanese. Japanese. Chinese, yeah, it's, you, you would go <laughs> eyes up. You go Chinese, <laughs> Japanese, <laughs> dirty knees. Look at these. Yeah. American. There's, there's something else in there. There's another. There's the milk, milk, lemonade around the corner. Oh, yeah. Is, <laughs> Hold on, what's that one? So go milk, milk, lemonade. Okay. Around the corner is where fudge is made. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yep. That wasn't as funny until you American started doing the hand motion. That really took it to that point. Oh, got it. <laughs> the way the yeah, point out said right. the fudge is made, he leaned over. Uh. 80s, baby. Yeah. Oh, shit. I had never heard that one. That's I fucking have great. God, I've missed having a full house. See, now, these are these are little things that I can't I wait they, to, like, they don't do it. share with my 15-year-old, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, at the, while we're at the 7-Eleven the next time. Mm-hmm. Be like, hey, Wyatt, check this out. Yeah. <laughs> milk, milk. And you you got you to gotta do the dance and the hand signals. And if you go to the right truck stop, hey, Wyatt, check this out. If you turn the lighter <laughs> upside down. I don't know if they make <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the I'm sure they make them. P wood. Right. I, you can't tell me the meth lab doesn't freaking have those for sale. No, they got the the ones where you just... Turn it into a crack torch. Shoot, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the um, I feel like there was some kind of like lawlessness with trucking at some point, where like truckers were like had like tattoos and stuff, and it was kind of wild. Well, you got to oh, think yeah. there was you know what I mean? convoy, Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. All those were like are they accepted like really at yeah, but they were like accepted as yeah. I wanted to be a trucker. I was like, get paid to drive around and see America. Hmm. Then you join the army. Right. You get paid to see the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> it's. I mean, you're not on the French Riviera, generally speaking. Well, not the French Riviera. Right. I'm just I'm oh, messing. Oh, okay. We're blowing out on a couple. But no, of it was here. always. I guess intriguing to me, mm-hmm. you know, the life on the road. I mean, it's that not small too late. little redneck Riviera kitchenette, right? If you want to call, oh, it I've that. definitely looked at like on the internet at what those trucks have now. Oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, they're thirty-five inch screens in the back, and 
and Bluetooth for the, and microwaves. Yeah, and, ready to roll. Oh yeah. I mean, all you don't have is the shower. You're still showering at the at the Bucky's. It's cool. If you're the little one, you don't need a shower. <laughs> <laughs> you just drive. That's your job. <laughs> all right, so. The Dingy Derby, the 2020 edition of the Dingy Derby. Man, I'm going to go ahead and kick it off and just say humbled. Mm-hmm. Um, Very. Humbled by the number of our listeners that made road trips to come to the Dingy Derby. Um, the amount of giving that took place. Uh, during the dingy derby, whether it was um, people that knew that they couldn't come that registered mm-hmm. anyway, um, there were people that absolutely made donations that took our breath. Oh, that yeah. said, you know, no way I can come, but I, I want to support what you guys are doing for the lagoon, and doing it through MDC is a great way to do it. Um, down to the number of people that participated in the raffle. And there's some people that understand raffles, man. Um, they love it. I th- think that they understand that the more you put into the raffle, yeah. the more likely you are going to come out of victor in yeah. the raffle. It's just, um, just a numbers game. It's just a yeah. numbers game. And, um, and then it goes without saying, all of the people that supported the raffle by donating prizes right. um rich up at district angling um walter's fly rods i should have a list and, and be able to read a list of everybody but i don't i'm not prepared um there was there was some uh, like just last minute things that yep. popped in and it was like wow like holy wow like this whole thing was already going on we're already like you know selling tickets everybody's there and then here comes pops up you know more stuff. Yeah. It, you know? And I'm like, holy cow. I, I mean, we ended up with 65, close to 70, somewhere between 65 and 70 individual prizes. No, no, no. It was like 74. Okay. Yeah. So, and the MC, Ben, yeah, you yeah. did a phenomenal job as MC on the, uh, on the raffle. So, you know, 74, 75 prizes. Um, but again, we ended it. Um, with the two online raffles for the Paul Puckett prints, and uh, we had been asked ahead of time, you know, hey, I'm I'm in Colorado, I you know I'd like to uh, participate in the raffle. How do I do that? And uh, you know, well, get an airline ticket and come down like everybody else uh, was the answer. And Paul reached out in the middle of the week leading up to the Derby. It was like, hey, man, I, I just, it's been slipping my mind. I want to get something down to you guys. I'll send a couple of prints. And, you know, I, I guess uh, the post office was busy delivering mail in ballots and uh, Paul's package came in late. So we're like, okay, what are we going to do? And uh, we did those last two raffles. Mm-hmm. And just those two raffles alone raised a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. So the grand total, we're at 12 grand. Uh, that the MDC is going to get. And if you were at the event, I honestly had tears in my eyes listening to Chad talk about how that money was going to impact their organization. 
in the way he referred to it as soft money that you know it's not part of the operational cost the the conservation work it's a year to year struggle to fund that mm-hmm. and knowing that we're going to be able to put that kind of shot in the arm mm-hmm. for Jesse to administer that and whether it's shuck and share whether it's the living shoreline restoration supporting all the researchers that that do work through them it's just it's incredible what happened yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I couldn't couldn't be more proud of a group of people and that's our listeners and the people that supported the raffle by donating prizes it was super meaningful and it was for it to i think for it to come together in such such a big way it like this year in 2020 yeah was pretty crazy because and, and they're open houses and their tours and they're this and that where they generate you know some of that Right, and, and that was, was curtailed. Gone. Yeah, do, completely right. gone. They couldn't do it. They couldn't have the groups and all that together. So. And 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 the huge thank you goes to Ben Sittig um, for mm-hmm. making the decision and putting himself out there. Uh, let's be honest. You know, Ben's Ben's got his YouTube channel. It's funny. It's informative. But at the end of the day, I think it took big balls on his part. To say, hey, I'm going to try to support your all's fundraising, whatever I can raise to get somebody to go fish with me, I'll donate it. Yeah. Somebody paid him almost two thousand mm-hmm. dollars to go on a float trip on the Colorado. Right. I, I've done a float trip with Ben on the Colorado. Whoever won that raffle or that uh, that was an auction. Right. Is going to have a fucking good time. Mm-hmm. I know exactly where they're going to float. He's going to have a fantastic time. But Ben, sincerely, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a, that was a huge, huge hit. Yeah, as well. So, and then for Ben to take the time and the expense right. to flying down here to be here, yeah. part of the event. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin came weekend. up from yeah. Miami. Yep. I mean, I, I could sit here and opine about how touching it was, but mm-hmm. it, re- it really was. Well, right. and there were just a lot of people that drove from Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, that just wanted to support the cause. Yeah. And, and then there were a couple people here. who were local who were like, eh, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> it's, it's blowing. You know, it's, it's pretty cool when you think, here we are, the four of us, you know, and let's not forget, you know, Andrew, there's Andrew. Um, Ted. Ted. Yeah. Jameson sometimes will mm-hmm. will come in and, and and fill a seat when you know one of us is too yeah. busy with life to be able to you know do this and uh, you got these six people that basically I mean so far what have we done today we we came in we ate dinner together mm-hmm. you're having drinks we're we're hanging out we're just we're just talking, talking you know it's no different than guys standing around a fly shop talking or standing at the boat ramp or the landing the put in mm-hmm. the takeout whatever it's just what we're doing but you know. Two years ago, we decided we wanted to do something that we felt could be impactful for the area where we love to fish, mm-hmm. and we couldn't have done it without the support of everybody that listens, no. mm-hmm. you know, and here we are, you know, it, it exceeded my expectations, um, what we I were able to raise. We oh, yeah. also learned a lot about... Um, like as much as we learned the first year, I think I learned way more this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, much or more. Like doubled down because 
Because we're not event planners. No, no. That's no. not what we do for a living. <laughs> what we, well, we can't drag 70 items out to a, a sandbar or a sandbar or yeah. whatever. So I think, you know, 2021, you know, looking forward to, you know, seeing, again, we get to see people that we don't really get to see very often. Right. Right. I mean, we haven't even seen Ted in like. Just through social media. Well, okay. So, so oh, the, yeah. the night before, okay. The night before was our family reunion, really. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it was a bit. I, I was thinking like fifteen or twenty people. Yeah, at that table. Yeah, it was a long ass table. It could have been twenty, easily twenty people. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, we all got together, drank, ate dinner, caught up on you know what everybody's been up to, yeah. what everybody's been doing, the expectation for the weekend. It was just the most soul warming weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It it felt good. Yeah. And. It, and you know what it feels better than? Having a meaningless sticker on the back window of your truck. Right. That says that you're yeah. supporting or doing something. It, it was roll your sleeves up, rub shoulders with like-minded people, mm-hmm. and actually raise money and hand it to somebody that you know has a 20-year history mm-hmm. of walking mm-hmm. the walk and doing actual boots on the ground real work. Right. For a particular place, yes, you know where they are. Right, it's not this nebulous of from here to there. And, right. Well, know. the the even cool, well, not cooler, but another cool thing is Chad was saying how he actually went to high school there. Right, it was a high yeah. school, and there's a there was a guy there, um, Matt Davids. He yeah. taught right there at yeah. high school before it <laughs> had moved. Right. So it was kind of cool how we were like so. Like kind of from the micro to the macro, and then people like, that grew kids up used like, to show um, up property. They wouldn't take the bus to school; they'd take their boats and they'd tie them up. Well, th- that's actually there was a certain day of the week that seniors were allowed to come to school via boat, mm-hmm. and they all parked their boats back on the the that canal on so the backside. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and you know part of that property, you know if you if you stood back or you took. You know how there's the huge mound? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you walk up on top of that and look, basically it's this huge rectangle where the school used to be, where they brought in all the fill to bring it up, you know, to get it to a level so it was buildable. And you had all the the high school buildings there. The the building that Marine Discovery Center operates out of was the administration building. Mm -hmm. That's front office. And front office. It went in. And that's they they tore down the entire rest of the school and, and and saved that the property where this where the MDC is with the amphitheater and the everything now is actually owned by um, Florida Wildlife Commission. It's an FWC facility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they've given the uh, MDC building. They've they've allowed mm-hmm. MDC like through a long term lease, yeah, you yeah. know, like a hundred year lease or something. Um, so one of the projects that's really cool, I don't know how many of you guys took the time to do it. I feel remiss by not announcing, hey, make sure you walk over there and look. There's a quarter of that property, and that's why there's that huge mound of dirt that they excavated out, and it's actually a restoration of the marsh where they said, hey, we want to see this was claimed for the buildings, so we're going to remove it and try and to try to bring and, and right. see if it how so how long will it take to return to a viable marsh right and it 
it's I haven't, insane. I, I, you haven't? I, I, no, in like a okay. year or so, or whatever, when we were, maybe the time before last we were there. Right. Um, and it it was almost like, I almost like kind of forgot about it, because it, it's all grown up now. Uh-huh. Like all the grass around it, it mm-hmm. looks like nothing was kind of there in the first place. Exactly. You know what I mean? I yeah, it's I, completely restored. When I saw it the first time, it was like you could see like the corn rows of like planted like yes. grasses mm-hmm. and like all that kind of stuff. It looked like they had just kind of done it. Now mm-hmm. just you're just looking at some another piece of shore, yeah. you know, with grass and natural stuff. I ride my bike over there um, sometimes in the evening, and I'll take a fly ride with me. And you can literally stand there and see the fish coming in going back out with mm-hmm. the tide it's mm-hmm. you know you'll see sea turtles come swimming by you'll see manatees come swimming by occasionally a redfish um it's pretty cool back there mm-hmm. yeah they do uh they're doing it and that, that facility is just so neat that big amphitheater is kind of begging for uh, some kind of summer concert sure series. Yeah. yeah it's beautiful yeah it's beautiful you know they've been doing um community um drive-in movies oh really yeah 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 and like the last one that they had it was absolutely packed everybody came and you know they socially distance or whatever but everybody's doing like the drive-in movie outside yeah kind of thing Mm -hmm. so again uh even just the event like the event being blown out oh shit where where are we gonna go right ending up there and and having more of just a you know, a social, a social, yeah. right? It's, you know, versus the boats and this and that and the other, and being one of kind of pivot last minute. That was, yeah, like awesome. Mm-hmm. And and for us to have to pivot like that because, you know, when you're putting on an event like that, and we started realizing that the weather was really questionable, mm-hmm. and then 24 hours out, the forecast is for a small craft advisory. Yeah, you have to say, look, man. As much as we want, and there's nobody that wanted it on the water more than us. Yeah. I mean, it's right. it's the essence it's, of it. It's right. the dingy derby, right? Yeah. But you have to say, okay, to be responsible, God forbid, you know, there's people that are coming to this that aren't familiar with the waterway to begin with. Right. Um, what if somebody does get into some kind of, you know, mm-hmm. a motor problem or, or yeah. God forbid, you know, is in a small vessel and, and, and it's as bad as they're claiming it's going to be and somebody takes on water or sinks or what. Mm-hmm. So you just have to go, all right, I'm going to have to make the call. And we made the call. You know, we all talked about it and said, yeah, as much as we don't want to, this is the best idea. Mm-hmm. For that number of people to say, that's all right. We'll that's all right. We're, we're just down for the event. Yeah. We're down to support MDC and to have that many people show up was incredible. The morning, it was it was kind of funny because that morning I was like, oh man, maybe this thing blew away. I know. It was wonderful. Yeah. But then the, it got breezy and it was like sustained. I wouldn't even call it like wind where we were standing. Right. Like what it was perfect for. Standing around outside, mm-hmm. basically, like in a field. You know, it was some cover, but... Yeah, we were on the, the back time, side yeah. of the building. We were on the lee yeah. side, so... But it was, like, just perfect to kind of... Just enough to keep you cool. Yep. Right. But if we had walked around that other side of the building or been, you know, bobbing around in a dumb little boat in the lagoon... Yeah, it would have been it miserable. Been shitty. Yeah, yeah, really yeah, shitty. Walking to Merkins, you know, police in the area, making sure everybody was leaving. Mm-hmm. Walking, I was like, good... Yeah, yeah, oh, it's cooking. It was cooking. Wow. Yeah, being like you said on that leeward side of the building all day, and then you get in it, you're like, yeah, good call. Yeah, I think that's gonna be 
you know, in years to come, I think that's going to be the way. I mean, obviously, do the derby and then like the yeah. following day or that night or whatever it is. Well, I think kind of you know the original plan, if when it was going to take place thingy, back in yeah. the spring, was the thingy before mm-hmm. the dinghy. Mm-hmm. I think you know, I think that we proved this year with the way we had to do it that the thingy before the dinghy actually will be like really a lot of fun, right? And then uh, we'll follow up with uh, we're good, yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, with the actual dinghy on the, yeah. you know, dinghy derby on the water the yeah, following yeah, day. Yeah. So it'd be like a Friday late afternoon, evening, like happy hour, mm-hmm. raffle, all that good stuff. Yeah. And then the following day, it's just going to be the getting the run in. Yeah. Yep. And good Lord, um, the number of people that were registered just for the poker run, um, I actually am kind of thinking we may have to break it into. Like run groups. Yeah, run groups yeah. or two courses. You know, your yeah, course yeah. A, your course B. <laughs> you yeah. know, because the idea, if we'd had the number of skiffs that we were anticipating showed up, there's the, no... Yeah, uh, the last guy to draw the chip. Yeah, we'd be due it the next time, you know. Uh, yeah, so yeah. it's going to take a little planning. Um, we, we anticipate probably things are going to get bigger. Um, yeah. And that's great because... Yeah. It means MDC is going to get that much more funding, and maybe mm-hmm. you know we'll start seeing right. that much more going on in the lagoon. Mm-hmm. Um, another neat thing that you know we were kind of afforded with that situation is Wilds and Brian having their new boats there. Yep. Yeah. So you have something to look at. Uh, Eric Estrada brought his kind of setup. Yep, his booth um, and yeah. his merch. Yeah, and I think that, that was a big spark for yeah. me for next year. Like there's tons of artists. It was a, there was a couple this year that just couldn't make it. Right. Put stuff in for the raffle um to where we could have a bunch going on. Yeah, like, I mean it could be a really cool little evening of the uh stuff to look at, stuff to see. Mm-hmm. Mini kind of like a mini trade show kind of almost. Yeah, you know, like a festival yeah, kind yeah, of atmosphere yeah. uh with vendors and you know local merchants that want to participate and support their local yeah. uh nonprofit being Marine Discovery Center. Yeah. Um you know, Travis Luther who, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would have loved to have won that painting, oh, yeah. you know. There's a lot of stuff in the raffle. I was like, man, I wish I was just a I person right. here, not putting it on. Right. right um, Travis had originally planned back in the spring to be there and be doing a live painting while mm-hmm. while the event was going on. That would have been cool to see. Yep. Oh, not to mention the whole entire thing was like six months after it was supposed to be. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like it would, <laughs> we're like, it was, yeah. You know, it's supposed to be like height of summer. Right. And everything got pushed back, not only like, not from the water to the Marine Discovery Center, but six months after or five months Mm -hmm. after, you know, whatever it was. So like, what a weird kind of scramble to work out as well as it did. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, that, you don't have many more bumps in the road. Right. And they my heart happy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Kind of the standard 2020 program. Yeah, yeah. 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 A lot of change, a lot of fucking pivoting and... But we pulled it off, fellas, yes. and uh, thanks to each and every one of you guys at the table. Uh, again, can't thank the... Mom s- Shannon. Everybody, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the yeah. support staff and chaperones. Yes. Shannon, Susan, Bree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, without Shannon and Susan, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have happened. Emma. So, uh, Emma oh, did she's a, a little fantastic hustler. job. Yeah. Yeah. She made, what, 20 bucks off of you? Yeah. <laughs> 
And then, somebody else and gave then she her made, 20 bucks, and she said they were smarter than, than me. <laughs> well. So you were forced. Right. And then I realized that they were. Yeah, she was a little hustler. Right. She'd go to people that, you know, she saw having like a hard time with their tickets, and she'd just be like, you, you need some help? I mean, she'd them tear tickets. them up. Yeah. Oh, here, here's her 20 spot. Mm-hmm. Dang. I have to say, uh, Ben Sittig <laughs> actually uh, pulled off the raffle this year uh, much better than he did in Charleston. Uh, the year prior, he remembered to put in <laughs> yeah. oh, the, one half uh, of the ticket. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, <clears throat> I don't know. Like I, I said, forgot it just, about that. That was pretty funny. It just made my heart happy seeing all the support we had. Amen to it that. Mm-hmm. And getting to like meet people and like talk to people you know yeah. of on Instagram that you don't necessarily know met in real right. life. That's something that I would be kind of a facet. You know, obviously for us, we do get to see, you know, a lot of people. But the more people that come from farther, we replace, like, kind of what we had with, like, ICAST. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, locally. At yeah, least, you know, for sure. We yeah. don't, like, in, in Central Florida to have that. And, you know, and even when you... Yearly s- meeting would could be awesome. And, and what's crazy to me is, you know, the lack of a lot of the local personalities mm-hmm. and right. the lack of local shop participation mm-hmm. in the event. And, you know, part of that could be, you know, as far as like shops and, you know, vendors and stuff like that. That's, that's our fault. Um, you know, we could have gone out and solicited um, mm-hmm. their participation, but I, I'm a big believer that the more grassroots that we keep this, mm-hmm. the more meaningful it's going to be. Right. Uh, and, and while I say that, I do hope that we see, you know, greater participation from the fly shop that's probably the closest mm-hmm. to the Marine Discovery Center mm-hmm. getting more involved. Um, I would certainly hope that uh, next year that we see more of our permitted guides that utilize Mosquito Lagoon as the venue where they earn their living, mm-hmm. uh, take a little bit more care and concern and actually show up mm-hmm. uh, and support the restoration of their office. Right. Because um, that was very sorely lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, and even as, yeah, the the couple of guys there that are from around here and, well, yeah, one or two, the, the um, it would have been a really good place to... Meet a bunch of out of towners. Yes, for a guide. Uh huh. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Bunch of out of towners here to fish on a windy weekend. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe maybe a boat, maybe not a boat. Right. Yep. You know. So. Yeah. So both that goes both ways. You know what I mean? That would be just a great place to hobnob. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Talk yeah. about a great yeah. marketing opportunity. Yeah. Business card. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, I'll be honest with you. I got a, a DM today. Um, somebody that was like, Hey, do you, uh, do you ever take charters out? And I was like, no, man, I'm not a guy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you you apparently don't listen quite close enough. The guys think I'm mean on the boat. So, um, I'm I'm probably not the kind of guy you'd want to go out with anyway. Um, but I do know, um, a few people that I'm willing, willing to, um, recommend Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, like what? Butts got yeah. uh, tanners. And that's who got the recommendation. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Right. You know, 
because your back, you scratch my back. Right. Well, and, and, and it's people that I know that really right. believe in, in, in do Absolutely. the right thing. Um, so, and there were people that I was standing in front of, I don't even remember who it was. Somebody that knew him kind of second or third hand. Right. And a trip by Tanner, blah, blah, blah. And, and Brian won it. And they're like, oh, man, he's going to have a good time. And mm-hmm. like, that guy's so cool. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, right on. Yeah, he, almost. He absolutely you know, will. I almost wanted to sneak in his room that night and take the uh, little printout. Uh-huh. Right. I, don't, I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, Tanner. Yeah. I won. <laughs> well, uh, let's think about taking a quick break. And uh, when... Uh, we come back, we'll pick up with some kind of nonsense and uh, see where it takes us. Just like that, we are back. Um, next segment, I think we're going to start off with uh, a little uh, storytelling. Ooh. Oh, story time. Story a little time. story time. We so uh, Ben and I were uh, fortunate, maybe not so fortunate, that uh, the project that we were supposed to be on yesterday canceled. Um I wouldn't say they canceled. They 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 pushed the pause button um, because uh, they've got some issues that are ongoing, and they wanted to tap the brakes. And uh, we were like, okay, let's make lemonade. So we uh, met yesterday morning down at the uh, Camelot Country Kitchen. Had oh, breakfast. Right here in, yeah, uh, right. Fine establishment. Right here in town. Yeah. Right here yeah. in town. Uh, right there at the uh, Oak Hill Flea Market. And uh, I think we both had the same breakfast entree. We, they, if you have not had what they call uh, country ham, um, it's not country ham, like it's not salt cured ham, but it's like this big slab of ham steak. Bone in? Uh, no bone. Oh. No bone. But it's thick. It's it's really good. Nice. Um, so we had breakfast, and uh, once we had determined that uh, bankers' hours had uh, officially <laughs> transpired, we uh, launched the skiff, and uh, Ben was so kind as to let me operate the Casey Marie, and uh, we turned southbound through the lagoon, and uh, actually, let me back up a little bit. As as we were launching, there was a sailboat 
probably like a 31, 33 foot, you know, substantial, like live aboard, mm-hmm. um, as all traffic in the intracoastal, uh, happens to be this time of year. They were southbound and, um, out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, are they towing a fucking kayak with people in it? Cause this kayak was like. 15 to 20 feet off the fucking stern, but like same speed. And there were two people in it. And I said, Ben, I said, dude, I swear to God, it looks like they're fucking towing some of like a couple of people in a kayak. And as they went past, we looked, they weren't towing these two people in the kayak. These two fuckers were paddling, keeping up with and that. They were like running down a man. Rad racers. And they started gaining. The the sailboat was under power. It wasn't Mm -hmm. under under sail. And he was probably pushing probably 10 knots, I would guess. And they were off his fucking transom (laughs) and just, I mean, like just stroking. (laughs) They were in that slipstream. And no, they're off to the side of it. So. As we idled out, we were like, holy shit, you know, they're, they're fucking jamming on it. So we fucking take off and go to the east of the east side clinkers uh, mm-hmm. across from Lopez, go through the Lopez cut. And we go down and we're just coming down uh, the south side of George's bar. Mm-hmm. And I look off to the west and there's that same sailboat. And son of a bitch, those fucking people are still behind that fucking sailboat. So we actually, we, I, we went over and like got out and f- like to the next channel marker ahead of them and stopped. And Ben's got video. Yeah, um, I'll post it. Yeah. And we like, you know, shut down. And as they're going by, we were like, hell yeah, you guys are fucking kicking ass. And they're like, thanks. And we're like, where are you guys heading? And they're like, just headed to the beach. And we're like, Okay. okay. <laughs> and so off we go. Um, we went all the way down pretty much to uh, what I refer to as the Twin Palms impoundment, uh, basically due east of Hollover Canal. Um, I think it was Hurricane Matthew uh, blew the dike open uh, on the backside there. And what used to be an impoundment was now opened up and has been opened up to the greater lagoon for three years, I guess, two and a half, three years. And we were going to go back and fish in what used to be the old impoundment. Um, Just get out of the wind and and all that. Get down there, son of a bitch. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has paid somebody to fill that back in, and it's now a dike again. Why? That's my question. It's like... I thought that, like... So, so for the most part, yeah, that it wasn't a good idea in the first place. But they've it was a terrible idea in the first place. But they've realized that, and they yeah. just kind of have let it go on purpose, right? right. I mean, that's, they haven't taken it down, but they don't. So that's what I thought. Yeah, yet any money? Yet here, I mean, here it is. They, mm-hmm. you know, somebody was paid to bring a track hoe down there and fill it back in and make it a road on top of it, and huh. now it's an impoundment again. Hmm. And I was like. Ben knows I was pissed. I was all all manners of like, what the fuck, you know? Like, and and we'd spent you know forty five minutes running down there to mm-hmm. you know, and now here it is closed off again. And what what I don't understand about the management of the wildlife refuge, 
Um, I've spoken at length, um, hour, hour and a half phone conversation with the wildlife refuge biologist, Mm -hmm. specifically about the impoundments. And the one thing that he had told me, and it was like the feather in their cap, is when the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service was founded, their mission is, and their first priority is, the wildlife, hence wildlife Mm -hmm. service. All of their decision-making is supposed to be through the prism of what is best for the wildlife in this refuge. They could care less about me as an angler. They could care less about Nick Clark as a duck hunter or Bob Smith from Idaho that comes down here to do Audubon uh, bird watching. Mm -hmm. If we somehow fit into the management of the park, then they'll consider what our needs are, but it has to primarily be serve and serve the need of the wildlife first. Mm -hmm. So to me, if nature removed that dike, that portion of the dike and created now a larger lagoon and now access for the larger, greater lagoon to be reconnected with the marsh, to me, that's like a no-brainer that it's to the benefit of the wildlife. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of like a natural win. Yeah, a win, natural win. win. win yeah. yeah. And, and then there's uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service Fisheries Division. Every summer, and it's either like June or July, on Twitter, their Twitter feed is all about the removal of fish obstructions, I think they call it. Um, And that they highlight all these projects that they're doing throughout the country where, say, out in Colorado, there's... Oh, they make like the ladders. Yeah, well, there's like, there's maybe a, a road crosses a creek that they measure the height of the culvert that goes under the road. And they're like, oh, well, this is too tall. There's too much of a drop. This is, oh, it's fish barriers. Yeah, barriers. Yeah. Fish barriers. And they realize that this is now, quote, defined as a fish barrier, that the fish can't reach the upper mm-hmm. reaches of this watershed because this culvert is too high. They'll spend the money to come in and lower the culvert so that now there's no fish barrier. They also talk about dam removal. Like, that's a big hot topic lately. And, you know, the number of dams, like, these are small, abandoned, like, maybe it's a a mill race dam or something and yeah. the mill's not running a hundred years. So they'll remove the, that and that way now fish can migrate like they could historically right. all the way up the river. And I look at these dikes and these are fish barriers. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that's, it's a dam. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a dam mm-hmm. and it's a dam with a few culverts in it. And yeah. most of the culverts have devices have a, on the back of them correct. that are damming them off. So it's like everywhere else in the country, they pat themselves on the back about removing fish barriers, but here we can't get a damn break. We're restoring them. Yeah, we're restoring fish barriers. That's kind of weird to me because, I mean, I I thought everybody was on board with the fact that that, it's not for mosquito control anymore. No, that's only where the mosquitoes live. Yeah. And the ducks. Yeah. Well, well, here's the crazy thing. So I I said that to the biologist. I said... 
what's so damn hard about the idea of getting rid of these dikes? Because they've done it in portions of the lagoon. Uh-huh. It's It's been done. He said, well, some of the cult or some of the impoundments that are remaining, the they're managed for particular species. So we've got some that we manage for shorebirds. So we maintain the level of water at an appropriate level for shorebirds to be able to go in and feed. We have some that we manage for waterfowl so that the ducks want to use them and vis-a-vis Ducks Unlimited likes them and supports them. We've got, um, Black Point, where everybody likes to be able to bird watch, and they, that's what we manage those for. Mm-hmm. I was like, but you're doing it at the expense of the entire ecosystem. He was like, I agree with you. He said, but the challenge is the amount of red tape that it would take to remove them. I was like, what What red tape? Like, I mean... How hard it, you guys didn't do any impact studies to build them originally? Like the red tape around the dynamite, like in the cartoons. Uh, (laughs) That's what it should be. (laughs) Um, He said, "Well, you have to consider because the the dikes have been there since the fifties, so you know, sixty five, seventy years now that the salt marsh has not been able to filter the nutrients out Mm -hmm. of the lagoon, and we find ourselves where we are now." muck has built up mm-hmm. in the canal on the backside because the reason the canal is there is because that's where they reached in with the track hoe and got the spoil to create the dike. Right. So you dig a hole, build a dike. And now there's muck. And all that muck is is like seagrass and <coughs> naturally occurring vegetation that right. is rotted right. and gone to the bottom. And it's a, a huge nutrient load. I get that. But he's saying they would have to do studies of what would happen if we open these up and that effluent, that muck, now goes into the lagoon. I'm like, well, geez, man, you know, I'm no scientist, but the total number of gallons of water in the lagoon divided by what little bit of fucking muck might come out of back there, Mm -hmm. wouldn't it dilute and go away pretty quickly? But and, and that muck and all that stuff that they're saying is going to flow into the into the lagoon, there is a thriving ecosystem. Yeah, living in that already. And it, it's <laughs> and and if you if you go to like somebody like uh, Bonefish Tarp and Trust, mm-hmm. um, they talk about the need for the improvement and the access of juvenile um, fish habitat. And that's what we have mm-hmm. behind those dikes. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and the thing is, if you remove the dikes, you're not going to lose that. It's, it's just going to be now open where everything can go in and out. And bigger than that is, as we have right now where the water's super high, and we're getting back to Ben and I's story, when the water in the lagoon has the ability to flood the surrounding marsh, mm-hmm. as the water goes into the marsh especially with the water conditions that we have now where it's murky and dirty, a lot of that turbidity, that murkiness that's in there right now is caused by the fact that we have a lack of seagrass. Mm -hmm. So when you get a sustained wind, you get silt into the water. It's just this big mud puddle that just continues to churn. But if you're allowing that water to go 
out in and across the salt marsh, you've got all the vegetation out there, and it's just like gold mining. Mm -hmm. If you create riffles or little teeny tiny barriers that slow the water down, all of the suspended solids settle there. They settle and it cleans the water. So Ben and I ran all the way from Oak Hill, halfway through the lagoon, so what roughly fourteen miles. The entire time, dirty, nasty, mud puddle water. But then when we fished, we fished in areas that are typically islands, that are typically dry land, the salt marsh, that has been flooded because of the high water levels that we have. And it wasn't crystal clear, but it was damn close to it. There's still vegetation. And that's because we were up in the vegetation where it was filtering. It was actually doing the job of the salt marsh Mm -hmm. that the salt marsh is there for. And what else do we see up there? We saw redfish. Absolutely we did. Ben, I don't know if your mic's... I feel muty. Yeah. Yeah. You're not all there. Yeah, it's not. The, uh... Let's see. Testing, testing, testing. Yeah, Ben's not coming through for some reason. Yeah, yeah, I don't even see green on the... Let's see. But to... Um, Try plugging in and, and unplugging again. <laughs> a little technical difficulty here in the middle of the show. Testing, it's normal. Testing, testing. Uh, nope. Hmm. What number are you, Ben? Testing, testing, testing You're good. five, aren't you? Maybe. Yeah. Oh, check, check. Let's see. We got you? I don't know. No? No. no. Uh... Weird. Let's check back here. Try that. We're gonna jiggle some wires. We're gonna jiggle some wires here for a second. Let's get jiggle with it. Uh This is like making the sausage. Yep. That's weird, man. You cut out. All right, but I had something to say too. Oh yeah, he's on five. He's on five. Yep. There it is. There it is. Yeah. That was it. There we go. Oh yeah, baby. So. Yeah, we saw some redfish. Yeah, so, I mean, the salt marsh is the lifeblood of the lagoon. And, you know, the challenge, I guess you could say, is understanding and knowing that ultimately all of the property in the refuge is technically owned by NASA. Mm-hmm. So NASA has to sign off on whatever the refuge wants to do to manage it because you've got the owner of the property is NASA. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has been given the privilege of managing it as a national wildlife refuge. So there's a couple of layers of bureaucracy that ultimately are going to have to get deconstructed and then brought back together to have them on the same page to understand Mm -hmm. that they own and manage a national treasure. And it's, yeah, it's one of those things where you've double, triple stacked. Yes. Like, you know, we joke about the Titusville ship pipes constantly breaking and all that kind of stuff. Would there a way? Would there be a way for that to actually go anywhere? That's a, a a town within a county within a wildlife service. It's you know the parks right there, and then NASA and this and that and the other. Like, doesn't it? 
a lot of this stuff may get lost, I guess, in translation between you or I. Yeah. Or, you know, I a researcher or whatever. I often hear, you know, a lot of blame placed on where we find ourselves being septic tank leaching and uh, stormwater runoff mm-hmm. um, being the, the primary culprit of all of the nutrients that have found their way into the lagoon that mm-hmm. are causing the algal blooms and basically the collapse of the system over the last 10 years. Um, and while I believe that, and I'm, you know, okay, if the science says that that's contributing and that's part of the problem, I get that. However, I think it's pretty short-sighted that at the same time you can acknowledge that that's where maybe the problem is coming from. The larger problem is since the late 40s, early 50s, you took a body of water that was dependent on the salt marsh filtering it. Mm-hmm. You took the filter off. And you took the filter off, right. and then you're all scratching your head 70 years later going, well, how do we fix this? And when I hear stupid fucking ideas like, <laughs> we should pump seawater in over by launch pad 39 and create There's- some flow and, and flush this thing out. It's not a matter of flushing it. It's a matter of just fucking fixing what you've already fucked right. up. Right. What you fucked up, which cost one species mm-hmm. their entire existence on planet Earth. What was it? The, the seaside, the dusky the, seaside, yeah, sea, dusky, the yeah. dusky seaside sparrow is extinct now because yeah. we flooded their fucking house where they bred. Mm. And then, you know, you're like, well, we've got to come up with all these radical fucking expensive ideas. And then the the Open complex the complex stuff. solution of getting 15 municipalities and three counties worth of cooperation to stop the you know addition of you know more nutrients like I think it's a thing, but I think it's it's there's no way we're going to stop it 100. percent No rainwater is always going to happen. Exactly. You know, it'll take a long time to undo all the septic tank stuff. So even if some and some will always gets in, if there was a filter on it, it wouldn't make any difference. Right. At least it's a filter. Makes a whole lot less of a difference. Yeah, yeah. On my side, Mm -hmm. the Indian River side, they're reinforcing these dike roads now, putting in giant concrete Mm -hmm. 600 pound blocks and bringing in all that, not coquina, rip rap and stuff. Right. And. Just dumping it on the side to keep it from being eroded or eroded away and going back to the way it was. Right. I don't. I mean, uh, I, mean I had no idea that they still worked on any of that. Crap. Oh yeah. So I thought it was what was yeah. there was still there just nope. because you know. And this is anecdotal. the The very first impoundment on the east side, uh, coming down from parking lot five. Um, I would refer to it as the um, Glory Hole impoundment. It's the it's the impoundment north of Glory Hole between like Sheldon Kurtz and Glory Hole. Um, Fifteen years ago, 
10 years ago, somewhere around that, that time frame, um, there were track hoes out there and we were all like, what the fuck's going on? You know, are they going to, are they going to tear those down? Because just North of there in Volusia, that's, that's the very North. I was going to say, yeah. That's where the Volusia County, Brevard County line is. Mm. The, the Volusia County portion between parking lot five to that impoundment, those dikes have been removed and flattened. But from that point south, there's a bunch of impoundments that are still intact. So when we saw the track hoe out there and there was a bunch of culvert pipe stacked up, we were like, mm. what is going on? Well, that, that particular impoundment, let's say, had 10 culverts. Mm-hmm. And all 10 of those culverts had those stupid valves on the interior side where they could put the boards in it. Yeah. And plug them up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So once it got up to a certain level, they put boards in, and that much water could never get back out. It mm-hmm. never was able to get below that level. Sometimes the water would get high enough that it could flow in, but it could never flow out. Mm. They actually removed all of the valves, those one-way valves, on the 10 culverts that were there, and then they added 10 more culverts and all of those culverts are open, so water can flow in and out. Yeah. Now, did it double the capacity for water to flow back in there? Well, it doubled what had been previously able yeah. to happen. So I'm curious if they've been tracking the overall health behind the dike and mm-hmm. you know, and water quality in that area. But more so than that, it's like, why didn't you just fucking just get rid of it? Just, just get, get rid, rid of it? it. Yeah. Because I mean, we obviously have areas where we know we've removed it. And up here in Volusia County, north of JB's, different situation where you had all the mosquito dragline ditches. Mm-hmm. And those ditches had spoil on both sides of them that created unnatural, what we would refer to as upland. Um, due to the elevation of those spoil piles, cedars could grow and different things but it also prevented a fish barrier and a water barrier that did not allow the marsh to flood. They came in and they removed those spoil piles. So now that little ditch that's there, the mosquito control ditch is still there, but there's not a berm on either side of it. So now the water does flow more Mm -hmm. evenly across Mm -hmm. when the water gets high. And you can literally go to those areas today they're, they looked terrible when they first did it. looked like, you know, lunar surface. Yeah. But now, just like behind Marine Discovery Center, mm-hmm. everything's growing back. You know, it's looking better. And you can literally see clean water coming out yeah. on, the, on the outgoing tide. And there's no secret. You can go up and find clean water up there and fish. Mm-hmm. Where you can't find it down south. Right. Because you have filters. You get filters. Little, I mean, marginally better flow too, but fil- filters are still intact or have become more intact. Yeah, been restored. Become, been restored. I just don't understand why they don't just take them down. I mean, I spend a lot of time on the backwood ditches. Sure. Like I said, it's it's thriving. Mm-hmm. There's all types of fish species. Gators, birds, bait fish. Now the water's tannic. It's not crystal clear. Right. But it's sustaining life back there. Mm-hmm. With, And we're talking southern, southern yeah. end of the lagoon. 
It's with no little or no clean water. I guess we're gonna have to figure out what's the right button to push to get the stakeholders on the decision making level to finally hear and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. As Ben and I went and fished basically on top of what's normally dry land, um, as we were coming out, we saw a manatee. That manatee was not, it was feeding, mm-hmm. but it was not feeding on seagrass. It was actually all the way up on the bank, reaching up and eating oh, no stuff <laughs> out of the marsh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, even the manatees are running are, out of food. Are running mm-hmm. out of food. Yeah. yeah. And it's because of the cataclysmic situation of not having any filtration in this lagoon, and it's caused such poor water quality that seagrass can't survive because it can't photosynthesize. And manatees being, you know, a, a quote-unquote problem here. Mm-hmm. If the grass was healthier in the first place, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be. It would grow back. They would grow back as quick. Oh, absolutely. You know, it, there was a finite amount based on the health of the. You know, I've, right. yeah. I've used the analogy before. You know, growing up on a farm, if you have X number of acres, you can only run X number of head of cattle. Right. If you run two more than you should, you don't have a pasture anymore. You have a mud, right, sloppy right. dirt right. field, and that's why they change pastures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. I don't know, man. It's, it just seems so simple, but at the same time, it's so frustrating to see. And and I'm a big believer in the KISS theory. Keep it simple, stupid. If you know that you created these dikes and they're no and they're obsolete by their own admission, they are obsolete. Mm-hmm. They they started and the whole reason behind them was for mosquito control, and mosquito control technology has changed to the point now where they absolutely don't manage using those techniques anymore. Mm-hmm. And you combine that with knowing that by doing those practices, you restricted 85% or greater of the filtration capacity of mm-hmm. this estuary. Go in and remove them. Admit your mistake. Go in and remove it and see what happens. Right. And I think that's that's something that I have heard. This is... 20 years ago or so, uh, I think it was my brother in college did some research on the Courtney Kimball Causeway Mm -hmm. in Tampa Bay. And it was, it's a, you know, it's a causeway. There were bridges on it, but it was just open before. Right. And the studies thereof, you know, years and years and years later of the same thing happening to the upper part of the bay. The upper bay is like dead. Yeah. It does not, you know, it doesn't flow as well. It's changed. There's still fish there, whatever, but it, the grass is either different or gone. Mm-hmm. Um, the mix of fresh water into the bay from you know little tributaries and stuff up there right. has changed to where the upper part and lower part don't match anymore. The lower part doesn't have as much, blah, 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 blah. But that, you change something major. Right. If you want it to go back... I mean, in the case of the Corny Kemmel Causeway, you probably have to like do some re-engineering, well, know, it's, it's, make it a bridge versus you know whatever. There's parallels with like 
what's going on here with um, the Everglades restoration. Mm-hmm. You know, the the fact that the water can't be sent south right now mm-hmm. because of Tamiami Trail, they're fixing that. They're right. elevating, and, and it's not going to be a causeway mm-hmm. that supports a road. It's right. going to be bridges because guess what? Water can flow under bridges. Mm-hmm. Here, we have water that can't flow to the salt marsh because of these barriers, these earthen dikes right. that serve no useful purpose right. other than a manufactured fake need for management for a particular species in a particular impoundment at this time. Right. Yeah. You know, you don't see no shorebirds anywhere else but inside those impoundments. You don't see ducks any like nowhere in the lagoon except for the waterfowl uh, impoundments. Right. Like they don't know. They don't care. Right. It's you know, special interests have created, you know, whether it's the Audubon Society having the fucking black point on lockdown. Right. Uh, or the Ducks Unlimited has a couple of impoundments on lockdown to the point where Let's be honest. Let's call a fucking spade a spade. Ducks Unlimited, if you go to their website, their national website, they clearly advocate for the restoration of salt marsh. They advocate for the removal of dikes and mm-hmm. the restoration of salt marsh. It's part of their part of their literature. Mm-hmm. But if you talk to a Ducks Unlimited supporter member here, they will absolutely freak the fuck out on you. <laughs> And go crazy talking about how there's artesian wells and there's got to be all, and it's all freshwater impoundments. And that's the reason we can duck hunt here. I got news for you. Before the dikes were ever here. I think they still duck hunted. There were duck hunting camps on the maps when it was just all saltwater. Yeah. And just like the the Twin Palms impoundment got blown open by a storm, the Ducks Unlimited impoundment um, got blown open by a storm. Prior to that, and without a permit, without any kind of fucking public hearing, without any input from the public, without any environmental impact study, they were given permission to go out and plug the dike back up. And you know how they did it? With bags of fucking quickcrete. That looks fucking Mm. really, really natural and good Mm -hmm. in the middle of a wildlife refuge. (laughs) Kudos to the management for, Mm -hmm. for fucking the rest of us. For some duck hunting. So, so like you said, NASA owns yes. the property that the refuge sits on. At this point, I don't... I would say south, everything south of the seashore. Uh-huh. Keep it diked up for security. Because it does provide... That's the only thing I saw that in passing. Yeah, they they might drive that. Maybe like any of them. Like, is there? They can drive it occasionally. They do drive it. Mm -hmm. Uh, NASA doesn't. The refuge or the Mm -hmm. the Canaveral National Seashore will drive it. Okay, Um, but open them up. But the the roads that they drive uh, specifically down the backside of the lagoon are actually to the east of yeah. the lagoon proper. So yep. they could tear down the western side of the right. dike, yep. and right. it wouldn't impact them being able to drive the 16, 18 miles right. from mm-hmm. point A to point B. Yep. 
you know, that was the, kind of the only thing I could have right, that's kind of think of. Interest. Especially more, you know, when you get closer right. down towards NASA, like, uh-huh. you know, security perimeter type stuff, I've, maybe. I've been very close to whatever their, their security line is uh-huh. and have had airboats come out. Come out and, you know, the, the Huey. Uh-huh. You hear him come in and I don't know how they tell, but they know you're. Oh, I'm sure they've got <laughs> ways to monitor. <laughs> right. But, right, so everything south of that I get because that's where all your pads are. And and, and let's be but, honest, you know, there's a lot of groundwater and, you know, what do they call them, brownfield sites oh, on yeah. NASA proper from, you know, all the fuel and the kerosene. Mm-hmm. and the, So, I mean, they probably would have a pretty good argument of saying while we recognize – you know, it would probably be better to not have these dikes. We don't want to go digging around and stirring up, you know, all what the if, yeah. all yeah. all of what we've put into the ground, you know, over here by accident over yeah. the years anyway. Because right. and and we probably wouldn't want them mixing so, that up either. Mm-hmm. So if NASA owns the refuge, mm-hmm. well, the land that the refuge sits on, do they also hold ownership of the seashore? Being that it's a national park? Um, I believe parts of it, yes. Oh, wow. I'll have to look. Yeah. That's interesting. Huh. Yeah. But, I mean, if you left here and turned left and, mm-hmm. and went down and turned left on three to go through the yeah. refuge, the first sign you're going to see is welcome to John F. Kennedy. C- correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. KSC. No matter what you're subject to you search. go over, yeah. there's that big sign. And then yep. there's the welcome to Merritt Island mm-hmm. National Wildlife Does Refuge. Does that bridge work? That back there, Hallover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does yeah. it really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Now they got it working again, and then it went out again. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I would say, probably right now, if I had to guess, I would tell you that it's up right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it's within 24 hours of, of the of the launch, oh. so they use it, to st- and they'll say, "Nope, you yeah. can't get through. The bridge is up." Um, and that's one less patrol car that has to sit there and stop and turn people around. Yeah. They're not expecting Luke or Bo Duke to come and jump it. <laughs> You want to do we it, got Carl? another thing coming. <laughs> Turn off so, the uh, control. That, that's actually a good segue. After Ben and I fished, we uh, we just lounged around here at the at the Taylor Park for most of the afternoon. And uh, late in the evening, we had that. Uh, was it? A, is it a Delta? Was it, it a Delta what? Five or uh, a Atlas? Atlas Five. Atlas, Atlas yeah. Five. ULA. Man, that was a was spectacular st- launch. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you guys, being further north, watching it, but it disappeared behind some clouds after that spectacular trail it left behind, and then you could still see the booster. Oh yeah. Just a little white speck, just way it was. See, we could see all three. Oh, see, actually, Tim, come. Yeah. So it was really low clouds, Mm -hmm. and originally it was supposed to go off at like 524. Yeah. Yeah. But then they readjusted it and it went off at 532. Mm -hmm. Well, if it had gone off at 524, we would have seen it first start and it would have been behind clouds the whole time. But we got a big break in the clouds, Mm -hmm. and when it went off, we saw the booster separation, yeah. uh, and and you could see like it was just like three white specks mm-hmm. that came off. 
but we were able to watch it so long, we actually started seeing the actual, they, they went from specks to little white lines, mm-hmm. and you could see them tumbling. tumbling. Yeah. No way. Yeah, it was, it was, cool. it was insane. I saw it so clear from like what I thought was way too far to see anything. Right. I was like, man, that would be the one to be down here for. So after the, the booster separation, the main rocket <laughs> kept going. Yeah. And then we saw, and I don't, I'm saying this, I'm assuming this is what we saw. We saw a second separation mm-hmm, that had mm-hmm, to be the mm-hmm. fairing separation because two pieces, like the, yeah, yeah. the fairing comes off in two pieces. It's like a payload fairing. Yeah, we it. saw the payload fairing come off and could see that falling as well. I mean, that's probably my most favorite. T- when I see a launch is going to be right before or right after sunset mm-hmm. you know that even though the sun is set and you can't see it that when it goes it's going to go up into the sunlight mm-hmm. it's so bright and just crystal I, clear yeah, to see I, I tried taking pictures yeah just because of the different clouds and the, uh-huh. the colors in the smoke trail oh, so was just ben pointed this out so we went on the little tiny dock um right here and that initial um, contrail mm-hmm. from the very beginning of the launch, it was like bright orange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was the sun was hitting it, and it was reflecting off of that so brightly that you could see. And one of the pictures I posted on my Instagram, if you notice, if you look at it, it's like you know how when the sun is coming up and you get like the line of the sun the across mm-hmm. the yeah. the sun was reflecting off that contrail that it was like. You could see the reflection of that light on mm-hmm. the water coming from it. It yeah, was it was it was wild. I did the uh, a lot of noise too. Was it, yeah, Holy it was cool. shit! Yeah. So I don't know if it's ULA or whatever on their actual website. There's a live feed. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It has the control room and whatever, and it's you know okay, it's you know seventy eight hundred miles an hour right now. Okay, it's ten miles away. I mean, it's like yeah, going like while you're watching it, and I think that added a lot. Oh yeah, because oh, yeah. it's that. 10 miles away thing is like now right like immediately mm-hmm. and you can still see it yeah. and you're like yeah what that's 10 miles away this uh-huh. is like we're like 20 yeah, seconds it, in or something it was somebody like a, it commented like east pass yeah it went yeah. off to the northeast mm-hmm. somebody commented on uh my instagram they're like oh wow that's what that was i saw it all the way up here in charleston what it's it's now, possible. It's possible because it's possible. There no, was I mean there was there was a, another launch of a ULA launch probably two years ago that happened like right before the sun rise. Okay, and I remember it was fucking spectacular because remember how once the payload fairing came off, the contrail was like that weird like yeah, yeah, swoop yeah. Like, look to it. Yep, there was a picture that I saw. Because I watched it and I was like, it was one of those magical launches. Mm-hmm. And then that afternoon, I saw a photo that a traffic helicopter took from Atlanta, Georgia, yeah, of the boy. same fucking crazy thing yes. in the sky. Yeah, and up cool. there, nobody knew what was going on. So they're right. like, holy shit, you know, hey, this is uh, Bob in uh, Traffic <laughs> 6, and we're seeing some crazy shit out to the east. You so know? there, I forget what Space Nerd website I look at, but since this one was on a northeast path. Declination. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Nominal. <laughs> It's nominal. They will give you times that you can view in Charleston 
right. a rocket. It may be it may look like a satellite in the night sky, but you'd still be able to, to see, see it. it. That's cool. Okay. Only when it's going. I mean, there were people saying that they saw yesterday's launch from like over on the west coast, like over in like St. Pete. It was stuff. so big, I, yeah, so good here. I mean, I mean that was a, a big rocket, so big, big of a rocket that before we went out to go view it on the dock, we were sitting watching their like little. We were watching the live feed show yeah. on the live feed, and they had one of the engineers explaining their noise mitigation procedures. Because it's so big and powerful. You know what's the, so, super weird? No the, noise where I was. No well, nothing. And I'm like, partly it's why far. it's like the four towns. The yeah, acoustics maybe. coming off the rocket unfiltered will actually break the rocket itself. Yeah. Oh so wow. They, so, yeah. so they they dump water yep. um, under the launch pad mm-hmm. to to I, I guess like absorb a, the sound or whatever. And to the tune of two thousand gallons a second. Oh yeah, and they're sucking really? they're sucking that water from the impoundments. So like redfish and they put like you know, two thousand crabs per second. <laughs> yeah. And they said second. they run it for about fifteen seconds. Yeah. Thirty thousand gallons of water. It's just a dump it's badass. To yeah. suppress it that. Was, and then they like showed a little like test and I think they said this was like the first like Yeah, they had just added more nozzles to put more water. Yeah. They were trying to decrease the sound so they're like yeah and this is gonna be our first time with the enhanced uh sound attenuation attenuation so as, as the as the crow flies we're about 11 miles from the pads even with all the sound dampening and deadening uh-huh. yeah my house still sounded like it was gonna fall apart now see that <laughs> we're from where we are right now we're about 17 miles mm-hmm. from the pad and it always blows my mind that, you know, you're watching it and it's probably at like 45 degrees plus, you know, mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you start hearing the sound mm-hmm. coming, coming horizontally. Coming. <laughs> and then the, the source of the sound just continues to climb in the sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's, it was like rumble, 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 rumble. But then... Once it's up higher, it turned. It went from a rumble to like this, crackling, like crackling crackle. pop. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. pop, 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 and, yeah. and it's just it's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like it's and, and tomorrow or yeah, is it tomorrow? Tomorrow, tomorrow evening, tomorrow seven evening something. Another so it's, uh, crew, crew one. Crew one. Um, In a SpaceX. SpaceX. It's the Dragon yep. uh, crewed capsule. Yeah. First, four. first yep. uh, crew. They're going up for six months to the space station. So. Pretty sick. But, yeah. Uh, speaking of space, did you have any of you watched the Challenger on Netflix? No, I know. Yeah, I heard it's awesome. said it was yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's it's pretty heartbreaking. Known. It's like that, a lot of the story of the people that were on the. On the mission and all that too, right? Not and then right, like the problems thereof and known problems that were just like <laughs> yeah brushed off. Mm-hmm. It's pretty pretty heartbreaking, but good nonetheless. Speaking of problems, technical. Speaking of problems tech? that were brushed off, oh. problems that were brushed off. <laughs> so we ain't talking NASA. <laughs> apparently. I made a comment on the last podcast about a reel that I own and it being mm-hmm. my 
favorite boat anchor. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result of that, I've gotten quite a few DMs asking more details to which, you know, I said, in due time, we'll talk about it. Well, yep. that, that time has come. <laughs> that time is nigh. <laughs> um, for as disappointed as I am to have to say this stuff, I think it's important um, that we do simply because we can't be the only ones. We know we're not the only (laughs) ones. And more so than that, you know, our claim to fame and fame is certainly tongue in cheek. Our claim to fame here around the old oak table is authenticity. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're the most authentic fly fishing podcast in the world, probably the universe, um, because we're not sponsored. There's Um, no loyalty to, there's, we don't have, you know, nobody's paying our bills, so we don't feel like we have to couch anything one way or the other. And as such, when we speak highly of something, it's because that's how we genuinely feel. And if we're critical of something, it's based on our experience and, we're just telling you what we what we think. Um, so roll back. Um, probably, you know what? It's actually probably this time last year um, on one of our podcasts. I believe I may have brought it up, mm-hmm. uh, and everybody around the table was like, "Yeah, I've yeah. seen that. I think that's cool <laughs> as shit." And we were talking about Seigler reels and their box challenge, mm-hmm. and we were talking about how just. Really, it was an out-of-the-box, pun intended, um, marketing idea where they came up with this box challenge where if you bought their reel, their reel came in this wooden box, Mm -hmm. and around the four sides of this cube box, it had four species of fish. And their marketing was that if you bought the reel and you went out and you caught these four species on this reel, documented it, shared it on social media, they would give you a second reel for free. Correct. We talked about it. We raved about it. We Mm -hmm. thought it was a really cool idea. It was really neat. And lo and behold, two months later, two and a half months later, whatever it was, we found ourselves on a road trip to Atlanta to go to the fly fishing show. Mm Mm-hmm. While we were there, unbeknownst to us, um, they were there uh, as manufacturer, and they had hooked up with um, Fishhawk, and they were selling their newest version of their lever drag fly fishing reel, uh, the SF. And prior to them offering the SF, all of their reels were bigger than what I would typically fish. Correct. So I, you know, I'm not a, a 10, 12 guy normally. You know, I'm an eight weight guy. That's that's my wheelhouse. You know, I'm chasing redfish 90% of the time. 10% of the time, I'm lucky enough, you know, to split it between going on a trout fishing trip somewhere where I'm using a five weight or I'm chasing bonefish, something like that. And I'm back to the eight eight weight wheelhouse. Um, so while we were there, um, we hadn't even talked about it. 
um, Mark and I both independently ended up over by the Siegler yeah. um, booth. And lo and behold, they've got all these SFs. They're like, you know, we're, we're, you know, we've rolled them out and Mark ends up buying one and I end up buying one. Mm-hmm. We come back. We're stoked. We talk about it on the fucking podcast. Oh yeah. We're just like two kids straight out of the candy shop. Yeah. Um, but then <laughs> not very long after that, I found out what the box challenge really was getting the fucking thing out of the box and actually being able to use it. <laughs> I went to my local fly shop um, and having recently moved to New Smyrna Beach, I had not been to New Smyrna Outfitters mm-hmm. in years. But since I now live in New Smyrna Beach, actually less than two blocks away from that shop, I grabbed my new reel with my chest puffed out. Oh, yeah. I strutted down fucking town to Canal Street, walked in, handed my reel to the guy at the counter, actually a young lady, and said, I need to get backing put on this. And I thought for sure they were going to ooh and ah. Oh, yeah, I thought I was going to be king shit. I was going to be king (laughs) shit, you know, like, check this out. You know, they don't sell them. They were going to see it, think it was really cool. Hell, I figured, you know, they would see it and be like, we need to carry this in our shop. Damn, who's this dude? Five minutes later, (laughs) dude comes walking out of the back of the shop from the rigging room, and he is holding my reel like he has picked up a dog turd at the park. (laughs) And he says to me, I cannot put backing on your reel. It's warped or bent or something, and it's going to shake the machine apart if I try to do it. You need to figure out what's wrong with it. I was like, it's it's like I I was like, right. You know, I went from walking in puffy chested to now I'm like tail tucked thinking, wait a second, this didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. So he hands it back to me and literally I really hadn't taken it out and looked at it or done anything. So I skulk back home and uh, I get the reel out and I'm sitting at the table and I'm spinning it and like fucking muttering and disgusted and sure shit it's like wobbly as fuck i'm like what in the hell is wrong with this thing i I take it apart i lay it you know and it's like wait a second the spool is flat it's not war you know it's not bent like you know i i I didn't drop it you know i i know it's brand new out of the fucking box a wooden box so i call mark and i'm like dude I just went and tried to get my fucking backing put on and they basically shamed me out of the shop. Like, and, and my reels got problems and you were like, yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, me too. I had sent mine off to get some backing put on my guys down to two through nine flies. So I knew it'd be a couple days before I got it back or right. something. But like you said, I was still high on the pedestal. I'm the, yeah. Cool guy in town. It's a sexy looking reel. And uh, the day they receive it, I receive a phone call saying, hey, your spool blew up. I said, what? <laughs> like, I, I, I didn't know how to answer back. And they're like, 
Yeah. It's it's broke. What, what, what the <laughs> <laughs> My brand new reel is what? <laughs> it, right. And they're like, well, what would we call them? The, the spokes? Yeah. Just busted under the tension of the backing. I'm like, all right. Oh, okay. Just send it back. Yeah. Um, so in the process of sending it back, I, I send an email to the guys up north at Sigler. Just giving them a heads up. You know, I, I haven't seen it yet, but shit's not right. Right. <laughs> and they're like, okay, just, you know, let, let us know. And I get it back, you know, just a, maybe one or two of them, now, you know, just. Did you have the wobble problem with yours? They all have the wobble problem. Okay. All of them. The BF, MF, SF. XBF, they all wobble. So, yes, I had the wobble initially, and they kind of hinted at that. You know, in the phone call, they were like, yeah, this a little more wobbly than we're used to. Right. But we went ahead and started putting the backing on anyway because... Yeah, you wanted to get out and fish it. It's normal. It's, it's the new normal. It, it wobbles. So they they send it back. I get pictures of it, and I'm holding it. And Larry has seen the pictures. The rest of you now have seen the pictures of the spool. Yep. It's broke. And tell Larry, and then that's when our independent uh, conversations with them... Yeah. Kind of begin. So I find myself, you know, dejected, disappointed, um, serious buyer's remorse happening. But I'm like, okay, let me reach out and let them know that I had this experience. You know, Mm -hmm. I went to the fly shop, you know, proud papa of a new reel. Mm -hmm. And turns out they won't put backing on it because they're worried it's going to break their machine. And they're also... Trying to give me the heads up that, hey, something's wrong with your reel, man. Um, so I send an email and say, I believe that my spool is bent or out of round or whatever. Um, and I get an email back that's like, no, no, the anti-reverse bearing um, is the problem. We're Correct. aware of that. Um, and that uh, it's not a big deal. Like, no, just um, very, very, um, continue to fish it quote. The spool isn't warped. It's the tolerance between the spool and the anti reverse bearing. It's 100% okay to fish and it will not hurt a thing. However, we are currently redesigning the ARs in hopes to tighten it up. I can let you know when they're complete, if you'd like, or if it doesn't bother you, you can keep on fishing it. It will not affect the performance. So that was the most disturbing initial response to my concern that I had spent $800 on a brand new right. product. And, and, and essentially the way I took it was, hey, you can, you know, we know that it's supposed to be a premium reel, but it's going to 
it's going to perform like a shake weight. Right. Like and with with my opening email and their response is the common issues they are having with the SF are aesthetic, not performance. Oh, it's just... So you're just seeing it wobble. It's not really wobbling. Okay. It's, just, <laughs> it's performing like it should. And, you know, then it... And, and this is in the original before I got heated is the only two issues they have is the hubcap does not sit flush against the spool. Right. The second is the wobble, which is aesthetic, not performance. (laughs) My email was um, nothing short of, you know, it's the tolerance and, you know, very technical. Um, So I said, you know, Thanks for the quick response. I believe uh, I understand your explanation. Um, I removed the spool and looked at the variance between the frame and the sleeve over the bearing and could see that it's not completely symmetrical. And I got a response, yeah, it should be a little tighter in there. And if the bushing has the slightest high spot on it, it'll create the wobble effect. Mm We do have to sacrifice movement on the spool since we use the e-clip instead of a screw method. However, I do apologize that you have one that wobbles. First batch problems. They basically just said <laughs> throw a ham in and pull the bone out. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, so they, they offered that they would uh, take care of it, and uh, I, I took them up on that, and... They sent me a call tag and took care of the shipping. I had it shipped back, and a while later, I get it back. Uh, When I get it back, um, I had sent it packaged in the um, really pretty real pouch that they they put them in. Oh, yeah. It's a great real pouch. But I didn't get my real pouch back when I got it back. So I had to contact them and say, Hey, got it back. But you know, we have the problem with, uh, now I don't have my real pouch. So they were going to send that. It wasn't until that point that I had just gotten it back that then I found out from you, what you've already told everybody else is holy shit. It broke under the tension of just getting backing put on the spool. So then I'm like, Oh fuck, I got to pump the brakes again. And you forwarded to me um, your um, correspondence with them ab- right. about that concern, um, and they acknowledged that uh, there was a problem with with the mm-hmm. spools, and that was on May first. And correct. And they said, now that we're aware of it. Um, the first hundred of these mm-hmm. reels that, that were put out there, uh, we know that it's a problem and that we're going to be cutting new spools and sending them out to everybody that has the first 100 reels that got out and got loose on us that have this latent defect. I call it the death wobble. Yeah. Kind of like the trailer. Mm-hmm. And control. so I'm, I'm reading, you know, the email that you got. Yep. That's, I'm on the same that's one. saying, yeah. hey, you know, we're going to take care of this and uh, everybody's going to get uh, 
We're cutting new spools as we speak. We're hoping to have them back from anodizing in a couple, three weeks, blah, blah, blah. We fired the fucker that did all this bullshit. Uh, as far as cracks, we've never had a crack in any of our reels, mm-hmm. so it'd be interesting <laughs> to see it. Well, well <laughs> unfortunately, that's not true because we had already found out from a fly shop mm-hmm. that had already seen that happen on several so who's listed in the emails yeah so (laughs) i'm like all right now i know my ar bearing wobble is more under control it's uh you know okay to probably go get backing put on it but having seen your reel basically collapse correct um the spool Mm -hmm. uh, with backing i was like well i'm just going to hold off and i'm going to wait until they send me the new spool and they're saying it's going to be in a couple three weeks and that's on May 1st. Yes. So I wait, and I wait, and I wait some more. And a month and a half later, I still haven't heard from them about the new spool. And I'm still trying to have a positive attitude, and I still want to fish this reel. So I reach out and say, what's going on with the new spools? Because I thought maybe... I was going to receive one, and maybe that was my fault. Maybe mm-hmm. I should have reached out to you. Um, and I get a response that Mark is correct about the new spools. We're offering the new spool to anyone who requests it. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, Jesus Christ, that's not what you said in his email. You said you were going to identify the 100 people that right. had had gotten the paperweight, and you were going to exchange the paperweight for something right. that could be fished. So they're... Sorry that they were unaware that my reel was unfishable since the last time we had talked a month and a half prior. But uh, just send in the reel and we'll install all the updates to your reel, which left me scratching my head. What are all the updates? So this time, um, I wasn't offered that they would pay the shipping to fix their mistake. So I, had, I, I was going to have to do that. So knowing that, you know, I was a little bit miffed, you might imagine my email was a little salty. (laughs) So I sent a pretty salty email letting them know that I was disappointed. um, That got a response that uh, they weren't really happy with my assessment of the quality of their product. Um, They were pretty defensive and to make this long painful story short i ultimately sent it back and they did send me a new spool um i honestly have not even looked at it it's still sitting in the box um somebody that was aware of this saga reached out to me and said hey man how how are things with your cycler and i was like dude i don't know it's fucking sitting in the closet (laughs) in the fucking box in a fucking bag I'm over it. I, you know, I, I could care less, you know. Um, was there a situation not to cut in? You got no, the yeah. first one of 50. Yeah. Yes. So, so when you sent yours back, did you still get that? Well, 50. Wasn't there something where the number, had when changed? we were at the show, when we were at the show, one, I, I was pretty bound and determined I was going to buy one. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. But while I was talking to the guys, they were like, 
yeah, you know, we, we brought the first 50 reels here to the show that, you know, the only people, you know, if, if we sell out the first 50 are, are here at the show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's kind of neat. You know, uh, I don't think anybody gives a shit what your real number is. Mm-hmm. If you ever sold it a second time or whatever, mm-hmm. but I bought into it and I was like, hell oh, yeah, yeah I'll, I'm, that, that sounds cool as shit. I'll have one of the first 50 of this. Well, guess what my fucking serial number is? <laughs> number 51. So you got, so, so yeah. like it wasn't even true that I was getting the first of the 50. Right. But, and, and honestly, I don't care about that that right. much other than it was just yet another letdown in the series of letdowns that happened. There was a couple of times like where I sent a salty email and I got a semi-salty response. Yes. Um, telling me that, you know, I'm comparing it to... Uh, <laughs> to you know mark's problem and you know they're not aware of anybody else ever having that problem and that their guides have been fishing them with no problem whatsoever and one of their guides was even targeting 200 pound tarpon with the sf and da 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 da. and i was like really fucking incensed (laughs) really fucking incensed with the comparing my situation to quote one of their guides because I know damn well that their guides, whoever the fuck that is, it's only one. I don't care who it is. It could be a fucking dozen of them that they didn't pay retail for this hunk of shit. No, they, they didn't, they probably didn't pay a dollar for it. And probably the reason they got salty with me was that I pointed out to them that, I had basically paid $800 for the privilege of being a member of the research and development team. Mm-hmm. And and they took exception to that. Yeah. But Mark has emails from them from the owner's wife that thanks him for being part for of the research of- and development team. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm just a Joe average customer average, right. that works hard for my money and wants a quality and, product and mm-hmm. believed based on your marketing. That's what I was getting. When in fact I didn't. I did not. Right. So, you know, this third party, another friend, um, knew I was having a frustrating time, <laughs> and he reached out and said, "So, how how's the thing fish now that you've got it straightened out?" I said, "I haven't. I haven't fished it. I, I I haven't mustered up the courage to fucking walk back into my local fly shop and be like, hey, remember the dog turd? It's mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. It's not so." It, we polished the turd, so it's it's looking better. It's Can better. you put some backing on it? So he says, "Man, that really sucks." Because I know the owner; the owner would be mortified. You know, I, you know. Would you care if I reached out to the owner and told him about the issues that you had? And I said, "You can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You know, if he wants to call me and talk to me, or email me and talk to me, so be it." Yeah. And so ultimately, he did. He, you know, so I. I out of the blue get an email from the owner uh wes saying hey got word from a friend you're frustrated with us and your sf i surely don't you know want the you know to be an issue and i want to help you in any way you can but then from there it was just excuse and excuse and excuse about and and, and actually if he would have crafted his email a little bit better and gotten away from the excuses and just simply owned it. A lot of what he says is that he was had remorse for 
actually going to the show and selling them. Right. And, and that, that it was, he'd rushed it. Mm-hmm. And he, looking back, he was sorry that he had done that. But at the same time, it's never been addressed that I paid retail for what he admits was a reel was that a was mistake. not ready for the market. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's there are beneficiaries in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Fishhawk um, was the transaction agent right. on this. So having been, you know, in the industry long enough to know how it works, they made that, you know, I'm saying $800 reels, like mm-hmm. seven something right at 800. So for running my credit card, boom, they got 400 bucks. And then Seigler got their 400 bucks. And Larry got embarrassed mm-hmm. and remorseful and is still sitting here today wondering what the hell did I buy? In you the know? army we used to like to call that the uh, big green weenie. <laughs> <laughs> is what you would get. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, Seigler being there, like at the Fishhawk um, area. Or right. They were the basically show. adjoined yeah. to the booth. Yep. Right. Um, I kind of feel bad about, like, I mean, Fishhawk doesn't know. No, Gary no. doesn't yeah, know. Yeah. I never yeah, picked yeah, up yeah, the yeah. phone and, yep. and, and pointed anything at yeah. him because, I mean, he was just. I mean, it, he was it, a transaction. Man. Yeah, but he it's was unfortunate just, that. I don't know how many more people got them that weekend or hooked up with them, whatever. There's at least a hundred. Well, and mm-hmm. and like I actually know um, dear friends that we all know. Um, when he had heard originally that I that I had had the problem, he said, "Dude, so and so who you know is a good friend of mine who's actually a working full time guide up in South Carolina had originally bought one of those reels, and as soon as he got it." He turned around, packaged it up, and sent it right back because he looked at it and he's like, "No, no way! I'm not buying it for the mm-hmm. you know, not this price, not any mm-hmm. price, not you know." And I was like, "Well, what was the problem?" He's like, "Well, when he looked at it, when it came out of the box, you could still see all the fucking tooling marks on it. It wasn't cleaned up. It had sharp edges on it. It just wasn't a finished, mm-hmm. really well produced." real and he felt like it just wasn't tenable to do it and this is of course was all after right you know like uh, he didn't think to say hey whoa don't ever think about getting one of these (laughs) and i've been really hesitant about sharing this story because i know that wes and liz are trying to run a small business but i just feel like having known not only of the wobble shake weight problem Mm -hmm. knowing about the fact that they had to redesign the spool and not just for mark and i but according to their own documentation that they sent to us that they were going to have to do it for the first hundred that they had already produced right like you know they did send me a hat back with uh the the spool wow yeah you can have it no (laughs) (laughs) um you know but at some point, just from a customer service standpoint, they, there were several points in this story where they could have saved it, where instead of telling me how their testers or their guides or whatever, however they call them, you know, they weren't having any problems with the wobble. 
um, well, you're not saying their reels aren't wobbling. You're saying that they're dealing with it. And right. a lot of people are willing to deal with a whole lot of shit if they didn't pay a whole lot of money. See, mm-hmm. and, and my thing is, what about the other 98 people? Right. That don't know. I, it would have been 99. Like, did, did they do a press release to the fly shops that carry their... Because you're always going to go into a fly shop to buy leader material, flies. Right. Hey, Larry, I know you bought one of these. Yeah, yeah bring it back bring in. Bring it back. Check it. I haven't seen anything. No. And own your mistake. That's it. That's it. You know, and, and you know, maybe maybe the butt hurt will go away at some point and I'll get some backing put on it and I'll fish it. But right now, I still feel like I got snookered. I paid retail for something that wasn't ready for market. So so I've fished it. I mean, I, you know, I, I've never, never once will I ever say that I'm a big deal. No. And I'm not an influencer. God knows that to be the truth. But at some point, what is it they say that if you, you know, people will talk about a good thing Mm-hmm. Once, but they'll talk about a bad experience hundreds, hundreds of times. Of, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like you know, how could they have not seen that this? It wasn't one problem; it was multiple problems. And it was, I mean, hell, the last time I sent the reel back to them to get the new spool, I sent it on my own dime, which yeah. again, bullshit. Um, and it sat somewhere. For a couple of weeks until I finally reached out and said, what is the deal with my reel? Oh, we just got it checked in today. Well, that's fucked up because, you know, 14 days ago, the tracking said it was delivered to your facility. Oh, we don't know. It didn't come here. So just... Yeah, mine was. It's it's sitting on my desk. We're just waiting for the parts to be finished. And that could be another three weeks. Oh. Yeah. It's just hard looking back at it now, how we praised it and talked it up. And I'm a man of my word. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I may forget the word that I told you. Right. But you can remind me. And it kind of hurts a little bit inside. I, I just... There's a lot of buyer's remorse. Yeah, I just feel like, <laughs> you know, I went from hero to zero. Um and I, and I feel just like as much as we wanted to tout what a fucking awesome marketing idea it was, and then we came back. I know right after the show, we were bragging about, yeah, man, we oh, saw yeah. them. We fucking both of us bought them. Um, well, and, and then I've, I've been biting my lip and not saying a fucking word publicly ever since. And I'm just finally like, you know what? I'm a, I, I, well, I got to do it. I got to say it. I mean, we, we, we know another person that has Seigler products. Product that have failed aesthetically. Uh huh. Oh, it's yeah. Yeah. The 70, anodization, which, yeah, right? Seventy-five for of for a table. premium product. Yeah. 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 Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's three of the four people we know. Well, mm-hmm. we've gotten something. I was actually, up. I was actually talking about that particular anodization <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> And I said, you know, like damn, it hasn't it been makes, a year. It makes me wonder because 
I'm rough on equipment. Of course. Um, yeah. I, I don't rinse shit off. I don't flush my motor. I, I don't put, you know, reel covers on the reels. They get banged around in the boat. Hell, there's times that, you know, they're in the, you know, for as much as I, I'm not fishing as much lately, mm-hmm. but like when I was in my groove, like. It would stay there. It's going to be in the sun, right. and I'm looking at, and I'm saying, "Damn, if if I have this in the skiff for an entire summer, what's my what's my reel going to look like?" <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a certain part of me that likes a little patina. Yes, but that ain't patina. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'll just jump on this grenade. I'm the third person. Um, at that show, they had the they only had four sets of them ever made. Right. Uh, Push pole holders, and, uh-huh. and yeah. they were bright red and shiny, and I freaking love bright red and shiny things. And I was like, "They looked." Damn I was like, "Good, dude, can I buy these now?" <laughs> He's like, "No, well, we've only got like a couple here, just to kind of show people what we're doing." But hit me with an email when you get back. Bottom, Carl got the non-skid sprayed on my skiff for me. Um, there was some issue with like, <laughs> oh no, there was like two of one color. And yeah, one uh, of a so, third so color. initially, the whole deal is <laughs> I was they like, couldn't dude. find the a full set of anything. They had two blues and two reds. Awesome. So <laughs> we were trying to come up with a color scheme. So I had them convinced to sell me a two reds and a blue. Right. I was going to put the blue in the middle. And then I even told them, I was like, dude, do you have one of the dark grays? Because, and I, I told him, I was like, at some point when I buy your reel, it'll look pretty sick to have, like, a matching color. Right. He's like, no, but, like, when we make the next run, I can make you a dark gray. And I was like, cool. So then, you know, it, it winds up being about a month before I get around to getting the skiff done enough to, like, okay, I'm going to place an order for these things. <laughs> I ordered him. I was like, hey, I need the uh, two reds and the blues. Like, well, we actually found the other blue and the other red. We don't really want to break up two complete color sets. So would you be cool with just picking a set of either reds? It was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll take a set of reds, get them, put them on. And it wasn't even that they faded out in a year. I had a plastic, not plastic, like a tarp 20 by 10, like cover awning to park my skiff under. And we had a series of storms roll through where the wind was high. So I took the tarp part down so it wouldn't shred and rip in my yard and it was out in the sun for 13 days. And 13 days in the sun <laughs> faded it from red. A beautiful red. Like, yeah, it was stunning <laughs> red. I, it, it matched the Mercury logo on my motor cowling. I bought red dock line that looked sick with it. And it faded to a fleshy pink color. Uh-huh. And it just keeps going down it's that It's the manatee line. flesh tone. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We, we like to call that the uh, the prop scar. Um, mm-hmm. Prop scar pink. Prop, prop scar, scar pink. <laughs> um, so the solution to my, I'd say decently spendy push-pull holders, is that I have to pop them off and go get them Cerakoted red at some point if i intend to keep the red theme going on <laughs> right. my skiff so for those of you that were wondering about my favorite boat anchor that is the boat anchor story and by no means am i telling you to not buy a sealer reel i am telling you to do your due diligence 
to make your own decision mm-hmm. on whether or not it's a quality of product that you want to spend eight hundred dollars on. I could sell you one on the cheap. And low. <laughs> make sure that you take a good look at what you're buying. Make sure that it functions properly before you pull the trigger. And uh, be prepared for whatever inevitably comes your way. Mm-hmm. Forewarned is fair-warned. Mm-hmm. And good luck on the box <laughs> challenge. Yep. I think with that... You guys want to do? You guys want to do another break? What do you want to yeah, do? Yeah, let's do a little break, yeah. and then we can come back and uh, oh, well, then me, we'll really get to business. Yeah, let me. Yeah, I mean, let me redo my uh, playlist here. I wasn't sure what was going on. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I got stuff in the. Uh, you got something else in the hopper? There we go. We'll just go with that. All right. Well, we're gonna be back here in just a few minutes, and uh, we'll get her going. Third verse, same as the first, and we're back. So uh, let's clear up a little bit of uh, misinformation that's out there while we're doing our airing of grievances. Um, What's the uh, online mullet rapper um, magazine? Scoff. Yeah, that's it. Scoff. Southern culture on the fly. Um, I'm not a reader of the publication uh, for quite some time. Um, anybody that uh, knows me knows that uh, in the past I've uh, put a few words on paper here and there and uh, submitted it to some fly fishing publications and have been published in... Uh, I've also been published in Scoff and... Part of the reason that uh, I'm not a big fan of Scoff any longer is uh, prior to taking the commitment and the time to put together an article for them that they asked for, um, we had reached a mutual agreement that I would be compensated for my time, and in fact, that never happened. Um, So I've kind of had a chip on my shoulder that... uh, as a gentleman, uh, when I agree to do something, I'm a man of my word, and I expect the same in return. So when I got stiffed, I lost respect for the gentleman, use the term loosely, that uh, had made that commitment to me, and had the unfortunate circumstance uh, in public once uh, to be told that I needed to write an article for that publication. This is after I'd already done so and not been compensated as agreed upon. And uh, 
to try to defuse the situation, I just tongue-in-cheek said, I only write for people that pay. And with uh, one half of the ownership of the publication standing there in front of me, that person freaked the fuck out like a five-year-old and stormed off and called me an asshole. Um, I am an asshole. Um, but That's called ownership. But I'm an, I, That's what we're talking about. But I'm an, I'm an honest, you get what you fucking get kind of <laughs> asshole. Um, so because of uh, me having the expectation that a man of his word keeps his word, um, there was a falling out. And uh, it is what it is. So, uh, you know, since that has occurred and on the several times that I've been asked to tell that story, um, most often the reply that I get to that story is, are you kidding me? All that person had to do at that moment in time is be like, holy shit, I thought so-and-so took care of that. I had no idea you didn't get paid. Let me take care of that. And he could have given me a dollar at that point, <laughs> just anything. Huh. Um, and all would have been forgiven. But apparently... That's not the interest that they had at the time. Um, so I was just left with, I'm an asshole. Thanks for the news. So <laughs> do you feel like, so in those situations, doesn't it seem like the end of the story becomes like starts at the beginning? Yes. So <laughs> when you get treated like an asshole, you're just, an a- you're already an asshole. Right. Right. So yeah. just, uh, you know, just you own it. Kind of relish in the fact that yeah. like this guy already thinks I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you know my, my neighbor um, that I grew up working on his farm, um, on, on many occasions, um, he had done work for people, uh, mainly out of the goodness of his heart, because that's the kind of guy he is. Um, and, you know, oftentimes the amount of work that he was going to do, he needed to make something for his time. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, whoever the individual was, that did not honor that agreement, that was the last time they got that kind of favor. Um, and he used to always say to me, if I'd have known that I could have gotten rid of this guy for 300 bucks, I'd have done that years ago. <laughs> so there's a certain amount of wisdom in knowing that when you become the asshole because you're an asshole, you're kind of a little bit sad that you didn't get asshole status a long time before because it would have probably saved you in the end. Right, right. So the reason I'm telling this story is there's a mea culpa coming. I was working in Melbourne a couple, three months ago. Actually, more than that. It was January of of the year of the Lord, 2020. The year, year of our wow. Lord. Um, <laughs> I remember. And... I remember. Uh, Right. The old normal. When I finished my job, I knew that I was just a a few steps away from the lair of um, the crusty hippie that had stiffed me. And I thought it would be funny because from time to time I'll hear, you know, word trickles and travels through the fly fishing industry that, you know, Oh, yeah. Somebody's talked a little shit about you, and I'd heard it many times that the shit had been talked. And this was my opportunity to have a little fun at their expense, knowing how thin their skin was, having seen them freak the fuck out over the truth. I went and I found their place of business, and I applied two stickers to the door one, a salt bum sticker, 
because that's who I am. I'm Salt Mom, right, on, yep. on Instagram. It was my calling card. And then I also left a podcast sticker on the door. And uh, actually, my timeline's off. It was only a couple months ago, no, yeah, two or three was, months ago. I was ago. working for Dave. I think yeah. it was like June, July. Yeah, I, I, I've been to the same project a couple of different times. Right. It was the second time I was at the project. So, lo and behold, um, the mullet wrapper um, comes out through email, um, and the cover is a bathroom. And on the bathroom wall is random graffiti. One of the items of graffiti was, do you even double haul, bro? Which, of course, is synonymous with our podcast. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. Um, they put uh, that graffiti in the ba- on the bathroom wall, so it's some kind of weird reference to to the podcast, most likely. And then I also saw Ben is Ben is a tool is a tool, and it did not even occur to me that it might be Ben Pickett. What I thought was Ben is a tool was a reference to the huge fly fisherman, right? So. I immediately texted Ben Sittig and said, hey, bro, so you're a tool these days, huh? He's like, what are you talking about? And I said, oh, you haven't seen uh, the latest mullet wrapper. Um, there's like this graffiti in a bathroom, and it's like obviously references to different people. We got put on the wall. I thought it was you that got put on the wall. He's like, dude, I don't even know what you're talking about. And I was like, <laughs> scoff. And he's like, still don't know what you're talking about. I was like, you know, the online, you know, rag that, you know, Southern culture on the fly, they get all the young guys to write articles. They sell advertising. They're the ones making the money and they're the, the people that are creating the content just, you know, get to, I guess, pat themselves on the back and think that they're published. Published. And, uh, he was like, Nope, I don't think it's me. Well then come to find out it's, it's the minister of hustle here at the table with us. It's Ben. I've never been on the cover of like a magazine before. Air quotes. But I'm, I'm so privileged it. as hell and right. real honored. Right? It's a weird way to get there, man. <laughs> weird hustle. Yeah, Very yeah, like yeah. insider trading information yeah, yeah, yeah. to know you're on the cover. Right. But it feels like winning. So <clears throat> apparently we we finally we, we did deduce that it was it was an insult intended for Ben because um the hippie had misconstrued um, or misinterpreted comments that were made on this here very podcast by Ben. And in typical fashion, rather than quoting what was said, he attributed um, and modified the quote to include someone's actual name. And started spreading the rumor that Ben had said mean, mean, mean man things about a particular individual and had denigrated that particular guide by name on the podcast, which is wholly 100% untrue. Wrong. Wrong. So it was after that was when I said, oh, I'm in, you know, Melbourne. Let's fucking rattle the cage and see what happens. And Ben got blamed for that too. I did. I believe the words. <laughs> I believe the words were, "Larry's turned Ben into an asshole. <laughs> he used to be nice. 
Well, here's the news flash. Ben is still very, very nice. Ben definitely is not an asshole. Mm. The asshole that put stickers on your door was good old Larry Literal. And it was simply meant to say howdy. That's it. That's all. <laughs> well, like a howdy, here, hi, how are Here yeah. is the part where, and I'm, I'm still not going to own the asshole title, but I will not be blackmailed by an ineffective, privileged, effete debutante. <laughs> if, wow. If you, Charlatan. If you want to start a sticker street fight, oh, means, God. Go don't ahead. Do it. But you have no idea how ugly it will get mm-hmm. because you don't even know my real name. <laughs> I'm the fucking lizard king. So I almost slipped up on the name because I'm, I'm not into that. Uh, if you would like to get my phone number and text me an apology for some accusatory marks, I will call a truce. But until then, you can start seeing some T2F2 stickers around town. All right. So now that we've cleared uh, the air on that. Uh, nice. Anybody got any uh, <laughs> show notes that uh, they want to cover on this episode? Because I, no, I, I mean, I got uh, a couple more, but we got a couple more. I've got some apparel stuff. Um, just in uh, the sense that, gosh dang, it's getting expensive. Yeah, um, yeah, fuels down. So t-shirts are <laughs> right. Fuels down. Strong up. hats and t-shirt hats, prices yeah. are like good uh, lord. Uh, yeah. What is it? What is it? They call that? There's some serious inflation going That's right. on. <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's right. Gallon of milk still about the same. Hat. No. Clean forty. Forty. Yeah. Forty bucks for a fucking like, like kind the, of average too. Like a foam. As trucker. much yeah, as yeah. I don't support Patagonia, I consider them my benchmark of. Pretentious pricing. Pretentious pricing because they have to clear enough overhead for their employees they're building and all their political bullcrap that they have to pay for ad space. So at $35 a hat, if you are crossing that threshold, you are outside your damn mind. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't care what it is. Buy from us. We don't cross that <laughs> threshold. No. I think our hats were $35 the last go around. Mm-hmm. Um, but that included shipping. That included shipping. Correct. And it yes. typically came with a sticker or two. Mm-hmm. Quite a few. Quite yeah. yeah. So that you know, that is actually the secret, the uh that quite a few people know or have figured out that when we do sell stickers, um, if you buy onesie twosies, you get onesies twosies. But if people buy like a handful of stickers, they get a bag full of stickers. So with stickers, stickers are the, along the lines of apparel uh-huh. have also gone up. Really? Yes. I have seen uh, one of our apparel brands uh-huh. go up by $6 for their handful. Really? Really? Yeah. Wow. Like a little grab bag, mm-hmm. little mixed bag. Just a, a yeah, run yeah. of the mill. You get what you get. <clears throat> I was like, wow. All right. Up by $6. Up by $6. Wow. So um, speaking of stickers, um, just like uh, I like to take claim to, uh, you know, the feed store hat at Mm -hmm. Howler Brothers, Mm -hmm. and I'm still confident until somebody can prove otherwise that my commentary about that, about (laughs) Carl's hat specifically, Mm -hmm. uh, being a feed store hat, and then they're now referred to on their website as feed store hats. I really do honestly believe 
that I want to say that they went away. They did go away for a while. There's some coming yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, speaking of Howler Brothers, uh, mad respect for Howler Brothers as a brand. I love them. I love what they do. They're yep. not pretentious. They're just, you know, it, it reminds me of the vibe that we have around this table. It's it's a bunch of guys that are having a good time mm-hmm. that, you know, happen to own a business. Um I've been on record before, and I'm going on record again. Most oftentimes when I am a Howler customer, um, I'm shopping in the clearance aisle. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not because I don't appreciate Howler's products. I actually love them. I'm just too damn um, thrifty. Um, you know, I I, I typically I do it with all the brands. Yeah, well, uh, tides, yeah, everybody. It's uh, I I just I, I'm I'm a penny pincher. Thrifty. Um, I'm thrifty, and uh, an exception to that rule. A um, couple three weeks ago, um, their long sleeve pearl snap shirts. Um, can't think of what they call their those designs. Gaucho. The gaucho. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Gaucho shirts, yeah. and uh, I actually bought three brand new Gaucho shirts at retail directly from the Howler website. Howler, if you're listening, <laughs> if I shell out enough coin to get three brand new shirts, when I open that package and I'm regaling over the fucking fashion that I am about to fucking unleash on the local fucking <laughs> landscape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you would bring me such even more immense joy if in the bottom of that envelope was also a little handful of some free stickers. I mean, I just dropped some major coin. See, tell your shipping guys... Look, man, if somebody buys three shirts at retail, they just dropped close to 200 bucks. Pitch in some fucking stickers, man. See, the thing is, a, a I, will, square, I will fucking rep your brand. A square deal is paying even premium price, but getting a premium product. That's a handshake. Yes. Stickers are the hand sandwich. When that other hand comes around and grabs the back of your hand. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. or it's the it's the handshake with the pull-in and the little pat on the back. Pat on the shoulder. Yeah. yeah the, the, the pat on the shoulder. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Is the, thanks. Is the, is the sticker, is the little handful, you know? Perfect analogy. Do they, do they have, like, a sticker line, though? I it's think so. It's been a while. I, I think oh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would think so. I've got, I've got like, the grab bag from them before. Well, you know, if anything, just, you know few monkeys handful of monkeys mm-hmm. handful of monkeys in mm-hmm. several different colors and uh, i'll tell you you know who does that who does a very good job of that yeti um, oh, yeah. we yeah. recently bought a couple three items from yeti and uh the packages came and then lo and behold a couple three days later a fucking envelope yep with a fucking thank you separate envelope. separately saying Please make sure that you register your item, and boom, four or five Yeti stickers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of every different color of the rainbow. And I was like, "So we're good class looking act. too." You had me. Yeah. At, you had me at sticker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, class act. Yeah, yeah. classy. Out buy some more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I uh, I placed a Yeti order today. Yeah, what'd you get? I got the Go Box. Oh, okay, cool. The uh, Casey Marie needed a little bit of 
equipment holding capabilities in uh-huh. the front locker. Um, I like it. I believe it or not, I struggled really hard between white or charcoal. <laughs> I was like it, charcoal, I, charcoal. That's what I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah those those. Uh, what it's the the go box. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been I've been on the fence thinking yep. about getting one, but. Uh, <sighs> Now I'm going to have to keep up with the pickets and probably uh, get was, one. Yeah. It was a hard mm-hmm. pill to swallow, to be perfectly honest. I'm like, I can come up with a cheaper storage option. But what I liked is, like, currently my boat registration is in a Ziploc bag in my fly box. And with that mesh, I can put that there. Correct. I can put safety equipment behind it. My pliers, fly, you know, it just... It's just a little too convenient to right. press So you and I, Larry, are looking pretty ghetto cart. with the... Cell phone size. I'm not knocking the way anybody does it. Dang. But you, well, you don't. Larry's got three waterproof lockers, resistant lock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't. They still get like kind of manky, though. I've always had a dry box, no matter what. You know, I've got the the fake plastic ammo can boxes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which, you know. Yeah. You've got to have like something. You know, I look at stuff typically through the lens of what kind of sticker real estate, <laughs> you know? So, yes. and that is, uh, was a little bit the deciding factor. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I could get quite a few stickers on there. Right. Yeah. So when he pulls it out of the hatch, I could give two craps if it's Yeti or not. I just want to know what stickers are on there. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. And are they in the proper position to, I'm going to start using like a leather briefcase from like the eighties. Where you click click out. Uh-huh. I think I've got one. My registration is in there. I don't think it keeps anything dry, but it keeps one it classy. Se- one second, though. officer. Right. <laughs> oh, he's for real. Keep that little yeah. 38 snub nose in there, too. Mm-hmm. The judge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially because you're getting pulled over, you, you need to have about a half pound of uh, powdered confectioner's sugar in there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, then I'm doing some bacon later. <laughs> yep. <laughs> those boxes are nice, and I mean... I haven't had a bad Yeti product yet. It's it's funny you brought up confection sugar, <laughs> powdered sugar. Mm-hmm. I was on YouTube. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it got served to me, but I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try it. Apparently, you can take newspaper and you get stump remover. Like liquid stump mm-hmm. remover, mm-hmm. which is like some kind of ammonium sulfate yeah. or something. Yeah. You take the ammonium sulfate, you put it in a dish, and then you take confection sugar. It's got to be the powdered sugar, and you mix it in with it. You make like this liquid that's those two items. And then you take the newspaper and let the newspaper soak that up. Put it out in the sun, let it dry. Once it's dry, you tightly roll it up tape on it it's like a tinder no it's like a fucking smoke bomb it smokes like fucking crazy i can't wait for science this week so yeah so like <laughs> you know a couple of times um alan who has that giles that comes out and flies aerobatics over the lagoon twice now and he's like hey are you on the water and i'm like actually i am i'm headed out here in a few minutes he's like cool um, where are you going to be? And I'll like drop a pin and like try to show him yeah. where I'm going to be. And he'll come out and fly an air show routine with smoke on and everything. Both of those times he's been close to me, but he's 
picked the wrong fucking skiff. Like somebody was like, you know, like two, two like fucking flats over, and he was like, "Oh, that's got to be Larry." And he's like, flown the whole routine over them, not over me. And so I jokingly said to him, "I need to fucking find like smoke grenades mm-hmm. so I can like pop smoke when you come into the area." And then you, so now I'm going to, oh heck yeah, try going, to make my own going right on back to smoke signals, back yeah. to smoke signals. <laughs> So if anybody's on the lagoon and sees like a huge puff of fucking crazy smoke, um, it's probably me. <laughs> if there's a boom, c- please come check. <laughs> <laughs> something Some shit you made something off the internet. Some shit you made off the internet went south. Yeah. <laughs> we had a book. You remember the book? Oh yeah, Anarchist. the cookbook. Yeah, the cookbook. I've got a book called The Spy's Guide to Office Espionage. <laughs> And believe it or not, $11 at Barnes & Noble when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have used several tactics in that book to my advantage. One of them being like if you're trying to get into like a business meeting and you're not like wait around for someone to chuck their credential in the trash can, put it on. And when they like people are coming out, you just walk backwards going in. And one time I was picking up people... Because like they're like security's typically scanning for something that's not the same as everything else. So if you're walking in, and everyone's going out. You look that guy. So I had to pick up people at midnight out of the Manila airport one time in the Philippines, and they kept calling and saying we can't, we don't know where to go, we're not going to move. Well, they were they had got their luggage, and I needed them to come out, and they wouldn't come out, and I couldn't get a hold of them, and they were like. We knew their flight land, and they were like two hours late. It's like one in the morning. I'm like, I have got, like, I've got a three hour ride back to. So you walked backwards into the airport. So when people started coming out with their luggage cart, I flip and turned around and walked backwards, and security didn't say squat. I'm like, hey guys, let's go. If you moonwalk with that, yeah, you you could do it. Kick uh, it up a notch. Moral of the story: security ain't that tight in in the Philippines. (laughs) I mean, if you moonwalk well enough, you're like. Damn, that dude can moonwalk well, really well. So they don't even love, think about it. Right? The yeah. funny thing, I don't know if you remember this, but you remember the prison on Cebu? They, when Michael Jackson died, all the prisoners learned Thriller. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I've had it's a, like in a I've had a private show of that like three years later. Oh, you I, saw yeah, it when I well, it was probably more than three years at that point. It was 2012. I remember that video. It was like in a courtyard. Yeah, it was yeah. Like everybody, yeah. And we were going to do. We were going to go preach at this jail. My buddy's like, "Hey, I know the warden. You want him to do Thriller?" I was like, "Heck yeah!" And they did it. It was pretty <laughs> <That's>, cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty crazy. So, uh, Carl, I think we would be completely remiss mm-hmm. um, based on our internet tease oh, of yeah, episode fifty six teasing. Um, tell us about the whiskey skiff. It is off of the stations. Okay. Um, ready for a glass inside now. Okay. Some, so we started to do some fairing and some, you know, just some of the kind of make it pretty stuff uh-huh. on the outside. And, uh, I just got bored. Okay. I then decided to, <laughs> decided to uh, pull it off and, and get more glass done and, you know, flip it back over later or whatever. Right. But, yeah, pretty good push. Kind of wet and crappy this week, so um, had some time inside. And Jameson was out probably, I think, three days this week messing with it. So. Well, you know what they say. 
You make hay when the sun's shining. That's right. And you build boats if it's raining. That's right. And it was shit. Like, so everything else was, like, blown out. So I just I right. had to, like, stick on one thing for, you know, more than five minutes. And that was that was pretty cool. So it was pretty rewarding to, like, pull it off. And you know. So are you guys, do you feel on schedule or a little ahead of schedule now? Mm, on-ish. On-ish? Yeah. Okay. I mean, no major setbacks. Right. So that was, that's always the... Uh, fingers crossed yeah you know if if something's not available or you know blah 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 anything goes wrong but well very so cool far, so good. It, was, it was a complete surprise and a pleasant surprise to see that happen yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah it's moving right along um it, it kind of felt like fast yeah for like all of a sudden once they like pulled it off the thing oh i remember i remember like when this was just looked like this, you know, a few weeks ago or whatever. So, so as a non-boat builder, mm-hmm. how do you know it's going to float, or don't you? Mm, I mean, you know, I mean, you guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, right. If there's Feel, like a little seam, you know, that it'll oh, get like saturated. old old wooden boats and stuff. Probably you'd probably have to worry about that, but no, not now. Everything's all glassed up and. Okay. You know. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. If you did, that's like, kind of what I was hitting. One layer yeah, yeah. old glass. wooden boats yeah. verse. Yeah. Yeah. If you but, did like one layer of glass, I could see that being like a potential. Like, did right. we get it everywhere? But like wood wood boats, you gotta. Well, remember they used to have to like put them in the water and let them swell. Yeah, shut. and they'd like mm-hmm. bail water out for a little bit till it mm-hmm. did that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Tar and pitch and. Yeah, and it's like almost like a cord that they would like press into. Yeah, the, it know. looks like a. Like a weird tarry black gummy rope, yeah. That you jam in, yeah. It's called licorice oh, carl. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's what it was made for. Right. Not and then people no. started eating it. Mm-hmm. Crazy bastards. No, I just i I didn't know and figured out ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Everything is so like glassed and coated and gel coated and painted and all that. It's. Pretty straightforward deal. Yeah, uh, I did see one got painted a conkfish in Texas. Got painted moon dust today. Really? Yeah, it looks cool. pretty yeah. good. That's yeah. another good color. How many conkfishes do you think are out there now? Oh, I don't know. There's got to be dozens of them. Yeah. Well, I know at one point it was <laughs> legit like, ones though. <laughs> yeah. One. I want to say it was either thirty-four or thirty or sixty-four. Wow. That like were actively being worked on. Wow. So it's, it's probably, He was keeping track. Chris Mordor yeah. was keeping track of him, and he had like. Have you a lot seen the a... slugs that he's been making? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He is so fucking talented. It's just amazing. You know, the to part me. that's weird to me is how quick it, it all is. Uh huh. Yeah. Like he's like, oh, look, I saw these slugs at my new house. Mm-hmm. And then there's like six. And then he's of them. carved, yeah, yeah, he's carved half a dozen. He's oh, like, what? Puts your slug order in in time for the holiday season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of switch got, gears I know, and get in the slug, slug game. game. <laughs> What's crazy to me with with the talent that he has, especially like because he carves fish and mm-hmm. you know, like he did the bone fish for me, um, is that he can take a block of wood. And he he can see it. He sees mm-hmm. that fish in there. He sees that slug in there, and he carves off these big chunks and gets like this rough shape. Mm-hmm. And then like fucking the next day, you're like, holy shit! Because yeah. like, mm-hmm. he's done similar. Um, he used when he was had his house in the Bahamas, he would do uh, moray eels. Oh, nice! 
and uh, essentially the same way that he does the slugs. You know, he like gets a column of wood. Somebody's got. I've seen one of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, I moved the uh, bonefish out of here, and it's it's up at the house in New Smyrna now. But it's probably one of my favorite, you know, Mm -hmm. art art pieces. So. All right. Well, uh, yeah. So soldiering on that thing. I mean, there's slower times. Right. I mean, like straightening everything, like getting everything. So that's where, I mean, I think we're talking about a four. You can rush. It'll probably work really similar to all the, but they're so wavy. There's so many, like, not fantastic looking ones. Mm-hmm. Right. Fine. You know, they look fine, but they don't right. look like, you know, so that, I think that's going to be a pretty, like, yep, still sand and, you know, oh, portion yeah. of the project. Right. Get everything dialed in, but yeah, that's probably the biggest, yeah, biggest skill you come out of the boat building. Oh yeah, endeavor he, with mm-hmm. is he's got some good shoulders on him though. So yeah, I'll point. Yeah, he could be there for mm-hmm. a while. I'll point and say more. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought about it too. Like building our cap, the amount of we've probably got a hundred hours of sanding in the cap, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like the hull came out of a mold, so like there wasn't that process, right. and like. He's got the whole bottom yeah. of the boat. Right. It's probably going to be 300 hours. Like, oh, yeah. Pretty easy by the time you're like done with the whole thing. That Maybe not 300 hours of sanding. Right. Right. But it's a lot. I'm excited to see it and run oh, it yeah. with him. It'll be sick. He'll, this, a sense of accomplishment will be awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. And he, he's doing what? Side console? Mm hmm. Yeah. Got a cool kind of a, kind of square. Um, Trying to think of what's similar, like a later Waterman, not like the flat, flat ones, right? Flat with like the gunnel, like a little bit of lift. Uh huh. It's big enough to have the controls on the face of the console, okay? Like down in the gunnel, right? And you know, a couple gauges and a like a small, I don't know, seven inch like screen. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that'll be kind of neat, and it's actually in it. Um. So I think that'll be a a really neat. Because you can put like motor connectivity stuff to it, okay? Like fuel burning, blah blah blah. Right. So. And whatever marine chart, marine tracks, or navionics, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Find where you're going. I'm not a big proponent of having that stuff on the skiff, but mm-hmm. you know, to each his own. Kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. Everybody likes their toys, their trinkets, and, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I'm just. I just want to have like TV, right? So you can television on there. You can like watch like it's like a baseball game you really want to watch. There's a hack, I guess you'd call it, to where your phone is the hotspot, but the app is on, you know, the sim rack yeah, yeah. or Garmin, and, and you, you can, can watch. Like, and you whatever. can watch. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's for like you have like little kids or like the wife comes and she's like, "Hey, I just want to go home." <laughs> like, why don't you watch shows? Right, watch shows and shut up. <laughs> Here's Rachel Ray. Right. <laughs> the voice is on. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'm looking cooler weather this week. Yeah, it's yeah. coming. Shit, it's about, coming. Maybe yeah. midweek. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Thanksgiving's around the corner. 
Yes, sir. It's coming coming at us quick. And then damn Christmas. And then Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be out of 2020. We're about <laughs> to make the, the mistake that we made the last episode. Hmm. But because we just talked about Christmas shopping, mm-hmm. it reminded me of the Amazon truck coming to my house faithfully every fucking day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just like Amazon delivers from time to time, as we're sitting here at the old oak table, mm, and we look out across the intercoastal waterway and we can see it coming. Yeah. <laughs> my Lord, the, <laughs> the mail barge is coming. <laughs> Um, we have been very remiss the last couple of episodes. We've, the, the mail barge has been by faithfully. Um, we just haven't gotten to the mail barge, so we're going to catch up on mail barge deliveries. Whoa. Whether it be <laughs> a package so, of breaks. Uh, oh, those are nice breaks. <laughs> Ogre Outdoors. Um, ah, yes. The, uh, the fine folks there sent us a mail barge. And... Uh, Jason Bowman, who owns the joint, um, I'm going to have to get my glasses out. Get the cheaters on. Um, (laughs) He says, sorry for the delay in getting uh, gear to y'all for the derby. Here's some stickers. Figured you guys have enough fly fishing stickers. So most of these are like automotive truck related. See you soon. All my love. Jason. Um... And then he says, also, PSS, there's a couple of keychains I made with our new CNC machine. Be on the lookout for our newest fly fishing gear sometime in January. Sweet. Cool, cool. So um, we have some great ogre stickers in here and then, like, all kinds of, like, different stuff. Check out this candy darter sticker. Oh, that's pretty sick. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, everything else is, like, you know, and, and we... Get a ton of stickers, uh, but these are all like... Oh, you need you know, that Flowmaster one for the van. These are Motorhead <laughs> stickers. No, the, which... we're fixing to have a 4x4 four four pickup in the mm-hmm. fleet, so... Look at this Hellraiser. Ready to raise hell. That's sick. <laughs> so I'll pass these around. Um, here are these keychains. What's a Hellraiser? Uh, it's a type of salamander. Uh, it's okay. like the largest salamander in North America. They're oh, wow. pretty... And you find them in the creeks, uh, like the blue lines, um, and the oh, rivers fuck. up in the Appalachian Mountains. Do they bite? No, no. <laughs> they're crazy ugly and huge. Like they're like a couple of feet same long. Thing said about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see here. Stephen Foster up in Durham, North Carolina, sent yeah. us a package, and Mark read my mind and saw the panic on my face <laughs> that I didn't have the package open, so he passed me a pig sticker. That's not the kind Hopefully of... Hopefully there wasn't a yeti. puppy in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did it's cut dead it. already. I did I cut not. a little deep on that one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Still working on getting the package open. Oh, shit. This is looking good, boys. We have a handwritten note. He's already passed Carl's first rule of uh, a good mm-hmm. package. Mm-hmm. A little bit of care. Oh, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> right at the very top. 
handwritten note for Carl. <laughs> nice. Gentlemen, just wanted to show a little thanks for the podcast and the work you guys do. I've been meaning to send a package since the fly fishing after dark days and just never pulled the trigger. Here are some koozies, stickers to help cover the Saturn, which oh, I think we're <laughs> sadly going to tell you if the, the Saturn is officially dead, and flies. I'd love some feedback on whether or not they're worth a damn. Again, thanks for the many hours of entertainment and fostering the community we all feel part of. Stay safe. And this is Troutbone Steve. Um, P.S. Koozies are not really, have not really been used, but I wash them. Before sending. <laughs> Steve, you're too kind. Also, Mark and I will put flies to use tomorrow. Dude, check this I know, out. I know. We've got Bojangles Koozie. We've got Oscar Blues. Shelby County Limited, like a fucking razor blade on there. Oh, Larceny yeah. Bourbon. I'm just pass those around. Anybody wants to grab what they want to grab. Some Explore Boone, North Carolina Koozies. Been there, done that. Dude, check out this. That's tall boy. Tall, tall nice. boy, live music, cold beer, and a goddamn good time. <laughs> All right. That, Raleigh that, Brewing, Deep you may Petty save Vodka, that, Boone, North Carolina. That Boone one for uh, Ted. It Carl. Like his rosé This glass. is you. Oh, look at that thing. <laughs> a purple largemouth bass koozie. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's got Star Spangled Granger written all over it. (laughs) The Shinerbach Beer Boot Campaign. Oh, oh, look at this. This is like a a, a, a man purse. (laughs) Uh, Summertime Brews Festival. A lanyard. (laughs) You could have your beer around your shoulder like a... That's for Carl at the shop. Like a (laughs) self-respecting man. Holy Jesus. Good night. Look at these stickers. Steve. Steve, listen to me, buddy. Dude, masked outfitter Killed sticker. It. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, this is like the mother load. Somebody, hey, Steve, are you uh, seriously hit me up on the DMs? Are you hanging out in Boone? Because I I know a guy who goes up there in February. He's me. <laughs> <laughs> we can hang out. Oh look, Brock ninety two, the panda. Oh yeah, these flies are gonna work. Those are <laughs> sick. You guys are fishing tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Report back. Will do. All right, excellent work, man. Fucking killer yeah. package. And the, then um, I was just looking Ogre Outdoors up. Uh-huh. They are in Transylvania County. That's right. In what I'm just going to guess is Pisca Forest. Yeah. The Pisca National Forest. Pisca Forest. Pisca. And uh, lastly, but <laughs> certainly not least, uh, Kenny Dodd, um, Ben packmuled this stuff down. Uh, you guys met up on the side of I ninety five. Yep, and we have some very, very rare, <gasps> unbelievably label like um, private label Tabasco sauce. Oh yes, and there's two different limited editions of Tabasco. This is uh, this for the 150th anniversary. It's a limited edition small batch sauce. I'll put that to good use here mm-hmm. in the Taylor Park kitchen. And uh, I don't know. Both of those are unbelievably stellar. Uh, I can't wait. And you sent a package of beans. <laughs> 
yellow eye. Those are they field peas? These are peas. Oh my gosh. Field peas, nice. And th- this is going to be like the full thing. I got I got to soak them You're first. Say, yeah, mm-hmm. soak them um, and yellow eye peas. A ham hock's best friend. Thick, old-fashioned flavor, perfect as a replacement for any white bean. Great for stews, navy bean soup, and required for baked beans. Well, hell yeah. I know what we're having the next time we have a fucking... Yeah. Yep. So, Kenny Dodd, thank you, sir. You oh, are yeah. you are the quintessential southern gentleman. Mm-hmm. Anyone that... Uh, beans and hot sauce. Mm-hmm. Anybody that, mm. that sends this kind of love, especially knowing that... Uh, your lovely bride took good care of Ben with some pimento cheese sandwiches. <laughs> Kill the road. Out of this world, Miss uh, Judy. We can't thank you enough. And I think mm. that gets us pretty caught up. Oh no, I'm oh. lying. I'm a lying some bitch. I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> we have one last package. Um, this one, I'm not going to say that it's the best for last, but it's the funniest for last. Oh, it has a note. I'm having trouble reading it because my reading glasses are <laughs> sideways. <sighs> the original booby bobber. Yes. Oh, nice. I hope you enjoy these strike <laughs> indicators. <laughs> underlined strike indicators. I hope they make you laugh. Um, this is from uh, the original Booby Bobber <laughs> out in Phoenix, Arizona. Paul, thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Now, I've previewed <laughs> this package, and I have to tell you. I love boobies. I'm digging, I'm digging the marketing that they've got going on here. And uh, we hope that's not a curse that we like the marketing, because we know how that turns out sometimes. <laughs> but uh, we have several packages of... The booby bobber, and it's awesome. A portion of the proceeds of uh, the sale of these booby bobbers goes to the Breast Cancer (laughs) Awareness of Arizona. So if you find these in the fly shop, buy them. You're doing a good deed. And be aware of the fact that when you buy booby bobbers, sizes may vary. (laughs) And like this one, it looks like you've got an A and a D. I'm not sure that's how they designate the sizes on these. I just like how red Ben is turning. This is a, this, this is, is that a, what this looks like? This is almost a matching set. Carl, there. Can, can we get a picture? Can we get a picture? This is almost a matching pair there. <clears throat> this is the double D model. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you get the double Ds, you're uh, liking these. <laughs> um, here we have the. Oh yeah. Asymmetrical, most popular girl in the club. Right. Because everybody, all, all the freaks are like, no, I want to dance with her. Booby so. bobber. Dude, these are awesome. Ben, you're going to have to put these to good use when you're up in Boone. The only yeah, strike saying, indicator yeah, you we'll can't get keep right your on eyes that. off. I say, we could throw one on there tomorrow, Ben. Oh, God. <laughs> and we've got some booby bobber stickers. Oh, thank you. Awesome. Well, that's one, you know, one hell of a fucking... Mm-hmm. That's a great mail barge. Yeah, mm-hmm. great mail barge. So, uh, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Keep them coming. Um, if you need the address, you can always reach out on the DM, and we'll, we'll get you squared away. We thank everybody that always takes the time to do this kind of stuff for us. Uh, we're not worthy, but we'll put everything to good use, even, oh, yeah. even so. 
we're going to probably go ahead and think towards wrapping this up. Uh, one last thing I want to mention. Um, a few of you have slid into my personal DMs um, as well as on the show just asking questions about me. Um, the answer to the big question is, yes, I'm going through cancer treatment. Um, oh, I was telling people you lost a fucking election bet. Well, you know, <laughs> for, for a while I've been telling people, you know, yeah, I lost a bet. And, and truthfully, that really is it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you typically have your family, your health, and, uh, you know, right now the health is there um, other than the fact that I, I have some prostate cancer and going through some chemo to see what we can do to uh, make something positive out of out of the hand of cards that I've been dealt. Um, I I've kept it on the down low for the most part because I don't want the diagnosis to define who I am or what I am or what I'm going through. Because um, just like everybody else out there, everybody has a burden that they carry. Everybody has something that's going on in their life. So, uh, those of you that have reached out and, you know, given me well wishes and stuff, I appreciate it. And, uh, about halfway through the treatment at this point, we'll see what happens on the other side. Uh, until then we're just going to keep on keeping on and, uh, going to fish as much as I can, as long as I can and hope for the best. So if you've been wondering why Larry has no hair and all that, that's what happens when you go through chemo. Um, so with that being said, not to end it on a down note, cause I'm not taking it as a down issue. It's just, uh, what's happening right now. So be it. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode, which will be coming out in a couple of weeks. Thanks for tuning in. See y'all.
So, uh, very little known fact, little Taylor Park trivia, if you will. Ben is a huge fan of mermaids. His favorite, areola. 